Thanks for listening to another episode of SNTR Presents. If you want to support this podcast directly, you can go to anchor.fm slash SNTR Presents to support it with a paid membership. You can do the same thing on my main channel at SNTRlive.com where all the videos get posted. As always, enjoy the episode. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. If you're looking for my talk about all of the big changes coming to AC Valhalla, this was announced during Ubisoft Forward at E3, and if you want to see my breakdown of it, use the timestamps in the description if you did not catch the live stream. These videos are usually about four hours long, and we do try to use timestamps for those of you that come back later, or... Maybe you're clicking on the thumbnail and the video once I'm not live. We do, throughout the week, Monday through Friday, a live talk show in the morning, and then in the afternoons we do gameplay. So we will be checking out AC Valhalla today. Apparently you can just jump right into the DLC. I've never touched the game. We had a viewer request. If you do a higher tier membership here, you can request games. So... That'll be a little bit later, and I'm going to run down all of the things we're going to talk about in the day today. But before we do that, let's do a little recap of yesterday. So if you did miss it yesterday, it was a bit of a bummer. We had planned to cover the Nintendo Direct event, and last minute, it was like 6 in the morning Eastern Time, the Nintendo Twitter account that only tweets in Japanese, tweeted that you could not co-stream the event. Now, none of the American Nintendo Twitter accounts said anything. There was never any clarification, and we didn't want to take the risk. Nintendo has recently sort of lightened up about people streaming their games, covering their content, and doing things on YouTube. They used to be sort of notorious for if you weren't sort of associated with them or a partner, you couldn't even really show their intellectual property or cover it without a risk of them kind of striking the channel and saying, ha you're not allowed to do that. Now, in recent years, they've changed that approach. So you can stream their games and play their games without worry. However, in this instance, they seem to be treating the live distribution of the Direct differently. They indicated that once the Direct was no longer being live distributed, you could replay it and do your own reaction. So unfortunately, it really sort of chopped the legs off for the day for us. It kind of killed momentum. We Obviously, I'm sitting there watching it on my phone for 45 minutes and giving my reactions, and then we watched it after the fact. So if you want my reactions to the two trailers that stood out the most to me, be sure to check out the Shorts channel. You can use the Shorts command in chat or go to sntrshorts.com. That that's our channel that's sort of built for shorter upload uh, uploads we got trailer reactions we've got micro gaming news that goes over there so if you don't catch the full streams here or if uploads are just a little bit easier for you to consume that channel is there for you so we did end up watching it i just kind of skipped to the trailers we skipped all the conversations they were having in between and the two big takeaways for me were obviously Metroid Dread, I have been waiting for a side-scroller Metroid to come back center stage. I, I said this yesterday, Metroidvania became a genre of games that has kind of exploded as of late. Uh, games like Ori and the Blind Forest, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Hollow Knight, the Hollow Knight Silk Song, What's on the Horizon. And it always felt very strange for the grandfather of Metroidvanias to not sort of step back on the landscape. So it was good to see it, and it's coming out this year. So we're definitely going to be checking that out and playing it. 
And uh, the second thing that was very exciting, especially considering my thumbnail, please, Breath of the Wild 2, could we get some sort of an update? Could we get some sort of information? They did release a trailer with gameplay. They did indicate that it is going to be in Hyrule again, and it's going to focus on the skies. Now, some people are concerned about reusing the same map. To me, they built that huge, fantastic world. Reusing it to a certain degree makes sense. But the concern is, how much will the base level map be changed? We did see some new enemies and some new abilities, some new traps and things of that nature that seemed like they were down on the ground. So it remains to be seen just how much they're going to change the base map on the ground, how much you would even do there. And then, just as sort of a, a trip down memory lane to celebrate the day, we kicked it over to some Zelda Breath of the Wild gameplay. I think the beginning of the game is wonderful. It's super charming. I, we, I, I love this game. It's a shame that I was never able to really play it exhaustively in front of a live audience. We played it for about a week or so back in the day. Got pretty far, and then I kind of had to put it down. Uh, and we've always tried to go back to it when it felt like it was the right decision. Uh, and yesterday, we had a really good debate. If you want to watch the end of that stream, the final 20 or 30 minutes or so, we have a really good debate about the weapon breaking and how there are people that think it's terrible, it's bad, they wish that it wasn't in the game, like it's the one aspect of Breath of the Wild that they really don't enjoy. We had a really good debate about how I argue that it is basically part and parcel to the game's design from the ground up. Everything is essentially built around the idea of survival and having to maintain all of your stuff, which weapon breaking and shield breaking, bow breaking, that is all a part of that world that they've built, the number of enemies, the saturation of things dropping, all of that is tied together. So it's a really, really good debate. There are people that still to this day, even though they love the game, they do not like that aspect and they're hoping that won't return in the next game. I can pretty much assure you from what we saw, I don't think they're going to make significant changes like that to a system that is so foundationally woven into the game's design. Then last night, I did a short video. Uh, I'm finally diving in. That video was doing really, really bad when I had like a full title. So we're probably going to go back to just those shorter titles just to like make it really accessible. Uh, Basically, the original title was like AC Valhalla Gameplay. I'm finally diving in. Trying to let people know what today is going to be about. We are going to be playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla later today. I wanted to dive in. Everybody says it's terrible, but then there are people that say it's amazing. Uh, Ubisoft seems to think they want to dive back in. They want to to really double down on this, and I want to read to you some of the things that people might have missed from their announcement in Ubisoft Forward and what that means for the future of both Assassin's Creed as a franchise, but also what does it mean for Valhalla if you haven't played, if you're interested in playing, or if you have been continuing to play, what does that mean? We also have other really, really good micro news segments for you this morning, so always be on the lookout for those short videos in the evening. It really helps out when you guys go and leave a comment and uh, and let me know what you think about the topics that we're choosing, because we do like that feedback on the gaming news that we select. Speaking of Ubisoft, they have been given a Star Wars game that they're making. They've been given control over a Star Wars game. I've got the details. Is it open world? When's it going to leave? Like, when's it going to launch? What's the reason they got this? It's actually really interesting why they secured the the rights to make this game. It's, it's It has something to do with something that just happened. <coughs> Excuse me. It has something to do with something that just happened during 
uh, during E3, so you're, you're not going to want to miss that. Cyberpunk returning to the Sony store. We will probably revisit this in a more exhaustive way next week when it actually happens, and I may even play the game. We may even try this game out on PC just to see how far the game has come because apparently next week on Monday it's coming back. We'll talk about why. Starfield not being on Sony PlayStation. Todd Howard had some very interesting comments about why he thinks that was so important and why he's so excited to work with Xbox. You're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to be here for that one because first of all, I forgot Starfield was an Xbox exclusive, but Todd's Howard, his commentary, Todd Howard's commentary on this subject, I found to be very, very interesting. So make sure you're here for that. Now, there's all sorts of different ways to support the stream. We appreciate the faithful crowd that is here in the morning. That is super helpful to the channel. The more people that are here right when we start in the morning, the quicker we can get into great debates and discussions, but also it helps out the video. As soon as you're here, if you're chatting, hitting the like button, even if you're just lurking, that is super, super helpful. So you know every day around 8.30 the vid goes live. Make sure you're here for that. I've been starting a little bit later because I want to record these intros to kind of get you guys, you know, warmed up to everything coming in the day. And then it gives me a chance to say good morning to my family and make my coffee. I like this morning routine. I'll try and start to record these a little earlier so we can start right at 830 because we have been starting a few minutes past. Now, there are other ways to support. Obviously, RageousRoast.com is down there on the bottom. You can use the coffee command instead. We're nearing, we're getting down to the last couple of boxes of the coffee. We did re-up the light roast, and that should be here uh, hopefully very soon here at the house. When you order that coffee, it supports me and my family directly. My kiddos and my wife, they've been the ones taking care of that. They've been doing real quick turnarounds. So you guys that have been ordering it have been saying, man, it, it, <laughs> it gets to me really, really fast. That is one of the benefits of going with sort of a smaller operation like us. Also, I'm always wearing a shirt from 80s Tees. You can always use the shirt command. It'll take you to the collection that it came from. You can use code LONO over on 80s Tees for 30% off. Anytime you use code LONO at 80stees.com, it does support me. The join command is way over there, and we are trying to get that join membership number to go up. YouTube is a little bit different than the platform that we streamed on about a year ago. Memberships aren't as common on YouTube, and we're trying to balance, you know, the... If we give membership too much, then it feels like that the people that don't pay money aren't appreciated, and we never want to do that. The lurkers and the listeners, the people that treat this as their morning radio show, you are the lifeblood. We want to continue to deliver that great content to you completely and totally free. When you choose to go above and beyond with a shirt order, coffee order, a membership, we greatly appreciate that. Going into... Variety gaming news coverage has been incredibly scary. E3 was a phenomenal experience. We are really starting to see some good results from all of our hard work, and we have you guys to thank for that. And those of you that have done membership throughout all this, that has really kept things stable. We haven't had to freak out and be nervous because most YouTubers... They have to sort of live and die on view count because they're, they're just living off of ad revenue. We don't run a lot of ads here. We try to make sure that the live broadcast is not constantly disrupted. We try to make it to where you can get in the stream right away. And if you want to show appreciation for that with a paid membership or any of the other ways of support, we greatly appreciate that. The tip command is a way to send me a tip 
directly through the network or you can use Super Chat. We are still using Twitter to make announcements and say when we're going live. So those of you that follow me on Twitter, when you favorite, retweet and reply, that is also just a totally free way to help out. The merch command was just there. We have added some new merch or some new things you can get the network microphone on. We're going to try and come up with some new things as well. The joystick, as everybody loves, the joystick is over there. Whenever we're doing a poll, uh, we try to do those at least once a day. It includes you in the show. As we were just talking about with members, they can do Q&A. That's later in the show. That is a members-only thing we do in the second half of the show, but... The poll is a great way to be involved as well. I try to read through the poll comments. That's a great reason to be here for the first half, the earlier part of the show every day. That is typically when those polls land. That's a great way for you to have your comment read, be included in the show, be included in the recording. What I'm saying right now ends up getting uploaded to an audio version of the show on all the podcast platforms. So if you're in the chat, smash the like button, get things going, and I'll see you in just a moment with my coffee and plenty of things to talk about. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you guys so much for being here. I just ran. I ran downstairs. I had an easy, breezy start. I was going to be down here way in time for the end of that video, and then I spilled... My put my creamer in my coffee and then I spill I just bumped the the uh, the mug just right man spilled it all over the floor. So I'm like randomly quickly fa- like trying to clean it up as quickly as possible. So I'm here. You didn't have to wait. You didn't have to wait. And we have a great great topic for today with AC Valhalla big changes as well as some of those micro news topics man the uh, the yeah yeah I did the bike in the smoothie I slept a lot better last night I slept a lot better last night I think there was this weird day where if you stop taking melatonin your body like is weird the next day I was taking it pretty regularly decided one night like I'll just I'll just try not taking it and so I slept really weird, and I felt really weird all day yesterday. I was having, like, palpitations again. I was like, what is this? All this went away. I also skipped my bike yesterday. So I slept great last night. I did the bike for a little bit before I worked last night. And it made it go away. It made I felt better after that. So this morning I woke up, felt fresh, felt good. Got out of the bed quick. Had, had plenty of time on the bike this morning, close to 30 minutes just going fast you know and then the family uh the fam is doing stuff this morning they're going and hanging out with some friends so it was like man it was like a very different morning for me and i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe like i i had all this time i was like ah this is great i have all this time i'm just gonna get my coffee poured i'm gonna go down i'm gonna sit calmly wait for the stream to start and dunk i just spilled this you know a teeny bit of creamer in the bottom of this looked like it looked like it looked like a murder it looked like a murder scene if 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 blood if blood looked like milk it was awful so we uh were we are going to check out the AC Valhalla stuff this afternoon we we want to check that out that was a request 
uh, from Sven. So if you do a higher tier membership, that is something you can do. So we will be doing that this afternoon. I have been wanting to dive into the game and check it out anyway. I've been wanting to, for the sake of my own curiosity. Yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. For the sake of my own curiosity, I want to see what I think of the game, right? I want to see, is this my, is it, is, is it as good or bad or whatever is what everybody says. And in light of the huge changes coming to AC Valhalla, that is another reason I wanted to play it. You might have missed it during Ubisoft Forward, right? You might have missed it. They, they made it very, very clear that their plans with AC Valhalla are quite different than previous Assassin's Creed's, and we're going to be breaking down what exactly that we think that means, and what exactly uh, that could mean, not just for Valhalla, but for the future of the Assassin's Creed uh, franchises. Are you going to finish it? Yeah, right, Kale. There are people that don't even stream that can't finish that game. You know what I mean? What about the uh, Xbox event today? That is tomorrow. That is tomorrow. It's Wednesday. It's not Thursday. It is, uh, the, the Xbox event is Thursday. Uh, Assassin's Creed hasn't been Assassin's Creed for a long time. Well, I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I actually think it's good they, they shed some of the some of the shackles of the franchise, because I thought Assassin's Creed Origins was brilliant. I actually thought Syndicate was really good. Uh, it just didn't get the greatest track record, because it came after Unity, and Unity had kind of tarnished the, the franchise quite a bit. Um... So I'm okay with them breaking away from what became kind of a predictable formula. I, I know they, I know they made big changes, especially. I, I, I thought Odyssey's combat was one of the best things about it, and I know it was very different than Assassin's Creed combat. But I think they're like one of those bands that evolves their sound, but still sounds good. Like Assassin's Creed to me is like Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters has been around for such a long time, and they always manage to have like a new fresh sound for an album and a lot of times bands struggle with that right they try something new and everybody hates it um and then everybody everybody says oh it doesn't sound like them anymore oh every album sounds the same you know what i mean it's not about the formula it's about the story i mean but but the story but the story was so overbaked by then i mean by the time they got to unity it was like i I didn't care about any of that stuff i just wanted to play a dope assassin game i didn't care about going back and 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 walking around an office and checking email i i just i don't know i i I don't i i think i am totally fine with i was not heavily invested in that side of the game so that's my bias when I come to this. I'm just like, who cares? It's a giant city with a cool story and a cool characters, and I'm doing and I'm and I'm becoming an assassin, right? I that to me is is what made the game so great. So my bias is like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I think the game's in a better state because they didn't feel like they had to stick close to all that. This game is a Viking hitting England, and they put a Hidden Blade character like that, a Viking? Yeah, again, I, I don't care. You have to understand something, Pugs. I mean, I might actually push back on some of what you're saying. Assassins, according to the Assassin's Creed stories that I always I always enjoyed, was that they are always here in the background doing things. And contextualizing it to a time period where, like, what would a Viking assassin look like? I don't know. I, I kind of like that. I think it's cool. You know what I mean? I liked how they kind of reset it in Origins. 
I thought that was kind of neat. I thought that gave them a bit of freedom as well. Like, we don't have to stick to stuff from, you know, 10 years ago. They didn't know they were going to be making this game in 2021. That was probably a, a whisper and a hope in their mind. You know what I mean? AC hasn't been AC for a bit, which is good and bad. I miss the old AC design, but I appreciate the new direction too. They're different. I wish they both still existed. Uh, my only thing is, is that, I I mean, I guess it would have been cool for them to provide some sort of other game or game type or something to where you could continue to get that story, but that's my bias, you know? Assassin's Creed has always been about stealth, Viking storm places with an axe. Right, they're contextualizing what it would look like. So, like, when you played Black Flag, you didn't feel like it was a little goofy that you were basically running around on islands with very little cover as a pirate and taking ships and boats and... Black Flag was one of the most praised Assassin's Creed's, and yet it was a giant departure. It was a giant departure from the stealthy, work-in-the-shadows assassin. You were a dadgum pirate, you know, short of saying army hearties. Like, it was a dadgum pirate game. You know what I mean? So for me, I don't know. I feel like they've done a great job evolving. They've done a great job evolving it. It hasn't been AC for a long time. Right, if you're going to go back to, to Black Flag and that's what you meant, Pugs, that you're like, yeah, I would say back then that wasn't even an Assassin's Creed. I'm kind of like, maybe you don't like Assassin's Creed. Maybe you just like the first couple of games and everything after you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. We know, Pugs, you especially should know, playing friggin' Destiny, how if you don't iterate on a game... What do you get accused of? It's not new, same thing, recycled this, recycled that. I've played this game before. I had that experience in Gears, which Gears was it that I just didn't like? The most recent one I liked, it was the one before that. I was like, I've played this game before. You know what I mean? I was like, I've played this game before. I've played this Gears of War before. I was like, you have to let a game evolve and iterate beyond its origin or you get stuck in a rut that's why Gears 4 felt like why do I, why would I play this, I've played this game before, I started to feel that way in Assassin's Creed now some of that's my fault, right, some of that's my fault, some of that is I, I played the games like back to back to back to back, I went from 1 to 2 to Brotherhood to Revelation, just like boom 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 and I did get a little fatigued but I also felt like I'm not, I'm not really playing a new game new story, new new dusty kind of old city that I gotta sneak around in and kill people in but short of that, it didn't feel like I was playing a new game, it was like yep, here's another Assassin's Creed, so I remember when I played Black Flag, that was my first thought, I was like, oh, here we go this is a new game this is fresh I think when someone wants a game to stick so close to that formula from back then, I don't think we'd be talking about Assassin's Creed this morning. You know what I mean? I think I think we'd be sitting here. I think we'd be sitting here talking about something else. I don't. I don't think that the. I don't think the franchise would have survived. I think people were going to get. People were getting bored. You know what I mean? I keep trying to play Odyssey and I keep getting bored. The franchise doesn't feel unique anymore. Here's what I think they're, they're, they're messing up right now, and this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in if they can pull this off with Valhalla, okay? This is what I'm interested in. 
they create so much breadth, a game that has so much breadth, none of it feels like it matters. It's like, this is ridiculous. One of the best games for map completionism that I have ever played was Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4. It was just the right size. It was like Goldilocks, right? Just the right size. It was just the right temperature. It was just the right amount of density on the map in Spider-Man. I do feel that Assassin's Creed Origin suffered from the same fate. You had a great main character. You had a great story. The graphics, the RPG elements, everything they did with Origins is chef's kiss with the exception of one thing. The map is so dense and so full that you're like I'm either going to play this game for the rest of the year or I'm just going to give up on completionism it's like there's just no way Spider-Man was also fun to travel around that certainly helps traversal certainly helps if you if you if you make traversal around a large world or a large map if you make traversal you know, nice, then I think that that plays, I think that plays a pretty big role. I do. I think it does. Um, So for me, so for me, I do see that as an issue. I do. I see that as an issue is like, there is so much to do here. There, there's like a handful of people that's going to do any of this stuff. And so for me, when I look at this game, when I look at AC Valhalla, I hear the criticisms that I think resonate the most with me is people are like, there's just so much to do. You're drowning in stuff. It's like, when am I ever... I'm never going to finish this game. You have the same map overwhelming feeling with the new titles. They're huge and they feel like you're never going to complete. Right. There needs to be a sense in which I, I can do this if I want, but it's not going to drown me. You know what I mean? It took a couple years off and they crushed it with Origins. Now they are beating the gameplay loop into the ground while with back-to-back releases. Well, Toaster, you'll be excited about the news I have for you today. They aren't doing that anymore. That's the big change. They are going to extend AC Valhalla further than they extended AC Odyssey. They're actually they're actually breaking format. And this is the big question. Can a game world like AC become live service? And here's what I think. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a glimpse into the future, some of my future argumentation this morning. Okay, maybe this would be a good argument for us. This is the solution to Assassin's Creed being so large and just having way too much to do. What they can do is they can create this massive world, this massive map, and then say, yeah, the launch title, here's your campaign, here's your stuff to do, some side missions here and there, and then then they can come back in later with a season and do stuff all over the map. Why? Well, they have a giant playground, and because they didn't go crazy at launch, there's room on the dance floor. Does that make sense? Like... They, they, they've they've got they've got to settle down like when you first get the game you're like what in the actual fr- I'm never going to be able to do any of this right and I, I, I love this this is pretty funny too Bounty Comics says are we really complaining about a long game in 2021 right here here let me let me explain what it is let me explain what it is if my daughter came to me and said I would like to play for the next hour or so 
and I say, okay, we have plenty of things to do, right? We have plenty of toys and activities in our house. But let's say I get out a big, giant box of blocks. And I'm like, you like blocks, don't you? She's like, oh, I love blocks. Let's build a fort. And I'm like, okay. And I spit, I just empty that box in our living room. Our living room is covered with blocks. And for about an hour, we build a fortress. And it's awesome. It's a big block fortress. And she comes to me the next day. She's like, hey, Papa, let's play again. I'm like, okay, let's play with the blocks. How many days do you think it's going to take before she's like, that's all this, 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 this is becoming mundane. This is becoming tedious. This is becoming monotonous, right? Come on. It's the same thing over and over again, Papa. Come on. When's the Dark Rose coming? It's in process. The labels go from the label place to the coffee place. The labels are the big bottleneck right now. So basically, the coffee company is using a place that's really affordable because they're really affordable. The label turnaround time is two weeks. I don't think I've ever gone to a printer and ordered 500 labels of anything and had them be like, it's going to take two weeks. Most turnaround time was like five to maybe seven business days, not two weeks. But I think they're going to a place that's a little overwhelmed because they're really affordable. Do you see the point that I'm making? I could argue to my daughter, what's the problem? Yeah, we build a fortress. Yeah, we build a castle. Yeah, we build a cabin. But but kiddo, we have so many more blocks left. Look how many more blocks we have. She'd look at the blocks, and eventually she would come to loathe the blocks. She'd be like, there's too many. We already did this and this and this and this. Our entire living room is nothing but block structures that we built and we've barely put a dent into these blocks I mean I'm talking like a refrigerator box size of blocks that I just dump on the floor right I'd rather have too much content than not enough content I am telling you right now there is a science to this There, I'm telling you there is something psychological that happens it seems ridiculous to say there's too much in the game it seems ridiculous, but it's like, I'm trying to think of a better analogy than the one that I just came up with. This is what ends up happening. There are people that want to do completionist style gameplay, and they look at the map and think, I can't wait to complete everything on this map. When you turn the quantity of items on the map up to 11, you basically take that person's desire for completionism and now that now there's this there there's a tension of my desire to do completionist it the further that gets from how many items are on the map there's a breaking point and it snaps it's like oh forget this crap oh no way and then this is a problem because that's something you enjoy doing and you're not doing it. It's why I stopped playing Doom Eternal. I stopped playing Doom Eternal every level, every map I 100%ed. I got to where the Marauders were, it threw off all my rhythm, it threw off all my ammo and armor management and I wasn't able to clear the map, I wasn't able to do some of the challenges and it broke what I was enjoying. I was like, I was enjoying doing that. 
there's a snapping point like the rubber band gets stretched so far and it's like I want to complete everything on the map oh but look there's more there's more there's more and then snap the rubber band snaps and people are like I I want to clear the map there's no conceivable way I could this would take too long and the content loop in a game like Assassin's Creed is enjoyable but is it 150 hours enjoyable is it 80 to 90 hours enjoyable is it right you're gonna get to a point where like man i want to take a break and this brings me back to the live service question would it be more enjoyable for you to take those natural breaks you're like i poured a bunch of time in i got a bunch of stuff done and then there's a season, there's a DLC, there's a whatever coming down the road. I'll dive back in when that happens. And then you pick it up, it feels fresh again. New campaign, new stories, new stuff. And you're jumping back in. I started clearing Valhalla's map and I got burned out halfway through. I'm telling you, there's a breaking point. This idea that like, that the re- there's a saying, you can have too much of a good thing. That saying exists for a reason. Well, you like tacos what's the problem i brought out 10 more why aren't you eating anymore because i'm full (laughs) like you hit a point where you're full you're like i don't want to do this anymore especially when the tasks are repetitive not only in the game but the franchise in addition to generally slow traversal that's the other thing you have to consider when you spend 100 hours clearing a map and 40 of those hours 40 of those hours are fetch quests, chase quests, whatever quests. You're just going to get to the point where you're like, oh, frick this. I'm not doing this. No way. Achievement hunters hate the small tasks that you need to do 100% of it, and it's like random, non-engaging content, i.e. finding paintings and murals in Ghost Recon. What voice actor is better in Valhalla, male or female? Going to give it a try soon. Dustin, apparently, they built Valhalla to be her all of my artwork that I use today thumbnail it's all her do you want to know why because it's her freaking game and they should have given it to her they should have given uh, they should have given origins to Cass- I'm sorry they should have given Odyssey to Cassandra Cassandra was meant to be the main character in Odyssey and she's meant to be the main character in Valhalla there's literally dialogue in the game that treats you like you're her anyway. Like, they basically built the game as if you were her. Like, it's her game. They just have to let dudes play as a dude or they won't play. Like, it's just like a thing. So, no one's forcing you to clear the entire map and you're saying reduce the content because you can't help yourself. You have to clear the entire map. You have fundamentally misunderstood my argument, David. That is not at all what I said. No. No, I am not saying I can't help myself and I'm not saying though I'm being forced to what I'm saying is um, let me think I'm trying to think of a good example I'm trying to think of a good example let's say you really really like crossword puzzles and I come to you and I say oh man you love crossword puzzles awesome here let me give you this crossword puzzle book and you're like oh thanks you're like oh hang on I got another one this one is about art uh, from the third century Okay, this one is about TV shows from the 90s oh this crossword puzzle this crossword this 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 here you go man here you go 
let me know when you're done with those crossword puzzles I've got more I know you can't really see over the stack of, of crossword puzzle books I gave you and you're like gee many Christmas I said I liked crossword puzzles it's like when somebody says they're into something and then that's all they ever get is a gift like my mom when I was growing up she liked having cows on the curtains and on she had like little little ceramic cows do you want to know what happened she ended up with too many cows every time it was her birthday mother's day christmas valentine's day didn't matter somebody's getting her a dadgum cow she's like i i I don't like cows anymore you see i like completing a map i like completing a game but when you're like you do excellent back it up boys beep 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 they back up the truck the door opens You bury my backyard. I'm like, um, I, 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 I don't like it this much. As I said, there is a breaking point where my desire or the completionist desire, it's not just Lono here, the completionist desire to clear a map, the further that gets from the amount of things there is to do, there's this breaking point where it goes snap and it's like, it's not worth it. The satisfaction in doing it goes down, 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 down. Why? Because it's the 28th time I have had to go into a village and go find a jewel in a cave and then bring it back to this person. I can't do it anymore. It's not satisfying anymore. The enjoyment is gone. You see? I asked my mom to stop buying me UK merch. Right. It becomes overwhelming and no longer enjoyable. That's exactly right. No, nobody is forcing me to do it. But the game pits my desire to do it against me. It's like, you want to do completionist? Yeah. Hold our beer. We're going to see if you can take it. And then eventually you're just like, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, dude. There's a breaking point where your desire to complete it is no longer matched with a an enjoyment from completing it. They become dissonant. And then you're not enjoying the game. I'm telling you, there's a psychological art to this, to not putting so many things in front of the player to where their desire to do it starts to falter because their enjoyment just continues to go down, 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 down. Repetition obviously is a part of these games. I'm not I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some level of repetition. There will be some level of monotony and tedium. That's just part of these games everyone's limit is different and do you see this is why live service might be the secret sauce recipe every couple of months they take this big gigantic world that they've built and they can throw stuff in it new story experience new stuff on the map new stuff for you to do hardcore players dive in right away devour it they do every nook and cranny the more casual players like you know i took about a month off from this game i'm I'm excited to come back they've got new stuff new armor new challenges new things for me to do i I'm, i'm telling you right now what that's what they're experimenting with that's my theory my theory is they're experimenting with assassin's creed as an ongoing quasi sort of live service style game so when a game launches they don't have to absolutely bury you and bury the map and stuff to do they can save that for later if you don't have that sort you end up with the destiny model you essentially use FOMO to entice people to keep doing the same repetitive stuff over and over again 
Well, now I think you've created a false dichotomy. I think you've created a false dichotomy. I don't think you have to choose between giving people way too much to do and then that's what keeps them coming back and doing the repetition or well no you got to go destiny fomo i i don't agree with that i think i think you're i think you're i i don't think it's that i don't think it's that black and white i think there's there's a lot of nuance and in between here there's a there's a different way forward the combat's never been top tier oh i think that what well, the combat's always been good Maybe if you put 110 hours in Ghost of Tsushima because the main gameplay loop is so good and it's not Ghost of Tsushima 10. I actually think something that you're saying is interesting because I was thinking about that the other day. I had to I had to I had to kind of marinate on what you just said for a moment. I was wondering why I could always go back to Ghost of Tsushima and just immediately pick it up and be like, "Oh, it's so good." And I do think some of it is the combat. I do. I think some of it is the combat. It's like, this is so satisfying. This is so, like, so well-crafted. And I I feel like I put so much into the combat. My decision-making, my awareness, my skill is so present. Now... When I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I actually thought the combat was excellent. I was like, this is great. This is a nice change of pace. It's more beefy, more heavy, more weighty. There's moves. It's not just constantly button mashing and waiting for my 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 Batman Arkham, you know, Spidey sense. Oh, I gotta make sure and hit the hit the counter button. Um Hang on, I gotta text my wife or got it. I, I forgot to tell her that I got it. I turned the light the out the outdoor lights were still on. Yo, what's good, old soul? How are you? No, no Ratchet and Clank today. We'll be checking out AC Valhalla later today. If you guys are enjoying, uh, if you're enjoying the morning discussion, if you're enjoying the back and forth, this is a live gaming radio show that we do Monday through Friday. Make sure and hit the like button. Consider hitting subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these shows. We, we do a talk show in the morning and gameplay in the afternoon. Different games do this. Uh, kind of relate to the Destiny argument of making the game for hardcore players or casuals. I owe psychology studies all the concepts and there are definitely limits for enjoyment and productivity. Yeah, there is, there is a brain science there's a brain science element to this that I'm not super educated on but I'm telling you repetition this happens with a song. You know that this happens uh, with the song. What was the last thing you did in Ratchet? We got introduced to the Emperor after a big fight, and then we're like, you go to this place, and I'll go to this place. We went back to that battle arena, like pirate place or whatever, and we fought against we fought against Dr. Nefarious, and then the Emperor showed up, and now we're going off in different directions to do two different things. That was the last thing I did when I played. Um, we do this with music you hear a song and you're like this song's incredible I'm never gonna get sick of this song dude so good and you repeat it a couple times a couple weeks go by right month goes by that song doesn't quite hit the same way anymore does it doesn't quite have the same punch and draw 
Maybe you're sick of it. Maybe it played too much at work on the radio. Maybe you played it too much. Maybe your spouse or roommate or friend played the song too much. Now you're sick of that dadgum song. If I hear that song one more time, oh, I'm going to break, I'm going to break something, right? We've all been there. Repetition whittles down the enjoyment. It dulls you to the enjoyment to a certain extent. This is one of the reasons I think so many gamers are having a crisis because they play a game and they're like, I've played and experienced this before. It's not brand new. It's not mind-blowing. The trees and the light and the sunlight don't look don't look perfect and real. And I, I had a couple of frame drops, right? Like, they can't enjoy, right? They can't enjoy it anymore because they're they're like, I'm not having that that metamorphosis experience. Like the first time you played Gears of War, the first time you played Goldeneye, the first time you played some of these major titles, it was like, oh my word, I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. And then you repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it and the sequel comes out and the third one comes out and the fourth one comes out and guess what? You're getting bl- you're getting blunted down and your enjoyment goes down 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 right so repetition can have a dulling effect it can now what eugene is saying there are some times where the more you play something the more you experience something i'm watching lost the tv series for probably the fifth or sixth time i love it i i know when the what what they're gonna say i know what's gonna happen and yet i'm 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 loving it and enjoying it in a different way there are elements of the show that impact me differently now because I'm a dad and my daughter's older and I, I had a I had a run-in with with my heart and I, I could have died right like I, 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 I lost a business I've gone through hardship right so like there are things in that show that are resonating with me in a different way and I'm appreciating it but if I would have watched lost all the, all the seasons and then the very next month do it again very next month do it again do you know what happened i swear i am so freaking tired of this show i am sick of it like i would be you'd i'd be so done i'd be bored i'd be so repetition isn't necessarily even the problem it is the rhythm with which the repetition happens how often how often are you replaying it if you listen to that song, you're like, this song's amazing, and you don't hear it again for a week, you're probably like, oh, dude, I told you this song was good, right? Month goes by, I forgot about this song, it's so good, it's so punchy. But if you listen to the song, next day again, next day again, if the repetition intervals are too close together, your mind becomes dull to it. You're not getting the dopamine hit. You're not getting the sense of the, the euphoric sense of oh, this is great. Take everything I just said and apply it to an Assassin's Creed map where you're like, I just freaking did one of those missions. I just did that yesterday. The repetition becomes too rhythmically close together and it creates this disharmony in your enjoyment. You're like, I want to do all these things, but I don't want to do them anymore. Like, you're like, I want to, but I don't want to. I, the, the things I want to do, I don't do. Let the, let the hero understand. You're like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Can't bring myself to chase another person down. I can't do it, man. 
And so this is something that they're going to have to consider, I think, long-term for games like this is, can you make a game the size of AC Valhalla, and can you thin out the the overwhelming, there's just stuff everywhere, thin that out a bit, and then you have a giant playground for live service and extending play in a more healthy, more natural way. It's like when the radio plays the same song again and again to the point that you get sick of it. Exactly right. I just made the music analogy a while ago. Maybe you just got here. I have the exact thoughts with Call of Duty and Ninja Gaiden. You're on point. Thank you. I spent 60 hours because I didn't have another game to play and I just gave up. It was awful and numbing. Yeah, Kane, you, you were one of the ones that told me, don't play it, Lono. I've had plenty of people tell me. They're like, don't play it. It's horrible. And I'm like, let me see for myself. You know, let me see. Yeah, tomorrow we're, we'll be covering... For those of you interested, we will be covering tomorrow the Microsoft... Uh, the, the sort of extended Xbox show. We'll be covering that tomorrow. Uh, we are also going to revisit... Uh, we're going to revisit Halo. We're going to revisit Halo. Halo multiplayer. I want to talk about why I have a really good feeling about Halo Infinite's multiplayer. You guys are going to want to be here for that. And then we'll co-stream the Xbox event and break it down. And then we'll play a little Halo. Okay? We'll play a little Halo. Sounds a lot like Destiny's content loop. Sweet shirt. Thank you. This is from 80s Tees. Be sure to use the shirt command. I'm always wearing a shirt from 80s Tees. An amazing website. More shirts than you could possibly dream of. And you can get 30% off if you use my code. Use code LONO. Get 30% off. That does support me. They've got Star Wars, Marvel, 80s movies, cartoons, TV shows, all of it. What are your thoughts on Ghosts compared to AC? Um, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this because I like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, to me, to me, Ghost of Tsushima is a gourmet burger. I'm going to a restaurant that specializes in a ter- certain type of burger and the chef's going to make it himself. He might even come out and ask me how it was. Okay. Assassin's Creed is like a franchise, but it's good. It's a good franchise burger. I know when I go there, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that love. I'm not getting that, that, uh, that specialty. I'm buying something that is made a little bit more in mass. It's still tasty and it's still good, but there's a huge difference between the two ghost of tsushima is it's 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 art it's 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 like a living piece of art that you can go and experience every time i play it i am i am absolutely just struck at the beauty i am literally taking my playstation 5 with me when i go up to ohio in a couple of weeks because i'm like i have to show my dad this game i have to i have to show my brother this game this 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 game is absolutely breathtaking. It is it is breathtaking, and so Assassin's Creed can give you similar feelings, right? Oh man, what a good looking game! What a good fight! What a good story! But there are so few games that hit that level of this is this is like perfection. This is what games are supposed to do. They're they're meant to tell a story. They're meant to have amazing gameplay. They're meant to have graphics that that are 
good in their context because I could say the same thing about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart completely different graphical style though have you considered playing the Final Fantasy Origins demo? no I'm, I'm not a Final Fantasy guy one of the parts of Valhalla is so much potential is absolutely squandered it's laughable how bland it is See, I wonder if that's what their plans are, though, Kane. Do you think that's what they're trying to do? They're trying to do this, like, live service thing. They're trying to do this thing where it's like, hey, we're going to invest in the game long term. We're going to continue to add on to it. That's the big news, by the way. They're not done. Their season pass that they announced, the content that they announced, is essentially done with Siege of Paris. They did uh, The Legend of Beowulf. That was really early. Then they did Wrath of the Druids. And now they've got Siege of Paris on the horizon. And that was meant to be, in many people's minds, probably sort of the end. Right? That's not the end. They have hinted that Odin's not done. They're going to be doing all sorts of stuff with the game next year. Will you play Ratchet and Clank again or Impossible? Maybe Friday. Maybe Friday. Creature and I have a plan in play. And I told him yesterday on the phone, I was like, oh my gosh, we just booked We just booked so many days. We have so many days booked with topics and gameplay. And um, there's not a lot of room for Ratchet and Clank. So maybe Friday. I'm going to give you a maybe there. cyberpunk coming back to the playstation store will you be trying it out on your channel that's the plan for monday puffy when it goes back into the sony store we'll cover that news we'll break it down we'll debate it and then we'll play the game right by the way we have almost 500 viewers and we don't even have 200 likes yet chat you are slacking you're slacking let's get those likes up let's get those likes up um, let's try this. Let's try this. Okay, let's try a poll here. AC Valhalla. Can an Assassin's Creed uh can an Assassin's Creed game become a live service game? And then we'll go live discussion. I believe that's what's going on by the way. I believe that's what's going on. I believe they are moving Assassin's Creed into a live service a live service funnel, right? Why or why not? Why or why not? Poll, I'm going to do a yes and I'm going to do a no. AC Valhalla, can an Assassin's Creed game become a live service game? Uh well, Let's just try this. Can Assassin's Creed become a live service game let's let's simplify the question can assassin's creed become a live service game yes or no it's making the poll right now comment uh i believe that it can live discussion comment and then i'm gonna pin it at the top pin that at the top all right you can take the poll poll is live i want to hear from you guys this is essentially where today's discussion is going I believe that it is becoming a live service game. Right? What's the end gameplay loop look like? They're adding, they're adding story elements, challenges, they're adding new armor that you can chase, they're bringing back apparently these black box type missions that haven't been around since Syndicate. They have plans beyond Siege of Paris 
and from where I sit, they are wanting to convert Assassin's Creed into a live service game. It has seasons. Right, right. And this is what I think is more than likely going to happen. This means your big tentpole Assassin's Creed titles will get further and further apart instead of landing so close together, right? Season passes microtransactions, it already is one. Right, the question is, Kane, can it become one? I think they're trying to become one. Are they doing it successfully? Why or why not? Can it actually do what it's attempting? Or, or should they go back to just doing big single-player launch titles and not try to do this thing? Because to me, I think that's what's going on. I think they are attempting to turn it into a live service game. You're obviously more in tune to it because you're paying attention, you're playing it, and you're looking at it. From what I've seen, Valhalla has 20 hours of great content that is unfortunately spread across 80 hours of filler. Needless, less quantity, and uh, it needs needed less quantity and more quality. Don't know if live service is the right call. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point to weigh in with. Um... It's an excellent point. Because here's something that ends up happening with games as service, right? When a game as a service or a live service game comes out, eh, the substance can go down. Ubisoft did say they are doubling down on live service games going forward, so I can see it happening for sure, right? I think they are running out of ideas. So with Valhalla being so popular, why not make it a live service and try to make the game last as long as they can? That's one of the things I'm curious about. So many people talk about Valhalla as if it's terrible and the worst Assassin's Creed in the franchise, and then mysteriously, mysteriously, it 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 ends up being it ends up being like the one that they end up doubling down on, and they seem to they seem to really believe in it. It seems to be very very popular, um, which to me is is interesting. Um, I don't know. It seems interesting to me that everybody talks about it as if it's terrible, and yet, and yet, it it seems to do very, very well. So take the poll. The poll question right now is: AC Valhalla can Assassin's Creed become a live service game? Why or why not? Assassin's Creed as a game can it become live service? Curious what you guys think. I swear I saw the Ubisoft president say no more annual releases after the Ghost Recon bomb. I don't think they've said no more annual releases. Well, oh, you mean like one every year? Oh, yeah, I think they have indicated that there's there's no way they're doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I would I would say that that is accurate. They are they are moving away. Uh they're wanting to move away from that. They're moving away from the idea of like, "Oh, we got to crank one out every single year." 100%. They are 100% moving away from that. So, I wonder if the success is because it was one of the few next-gen optimized titles for the Series X. You know what really blew me away is I looked up the game last night. I was deciding where I wanted to play AC Valhalla. And I looked up the game last night on YouTube. Digital Foundry did their comparison and the game practically ran identical performance wise with respect to maintaining 60 frames per second 
it was like toe to toe on the PS5 with like really strong gaming rigs. Now, obviously, the gaming rigs are turning a lot of the settings up a little bit, but I was like, I'm playing this on the PS5. <laughs> Forget all this nonsense, dude. Forget all this nonsense. You know, play the PS5. Yo, what's good, Captain Toasty Buns? How are you? I'm just under 15 hours of gameplay and I'm loving it, says Toaster. Viking raids give me the black flag ship battlefields and different content, but man, do I feel like a Viking. Valhalla is probably my favorite AC game, second only to Black Flag. Valhalla had the best launch week of any game in the series, resulting in Ubisoft seeing its most profitable quarter ever. Really? Really? It's so interesting that Valhalla seems to be one of the more debated, more, I'm not going to say controversial, but it's one of the more debated uh, items. Hey, somebody ordered a joystick tee this morning. Thank you very much. It's one of the more debated titles. People act like it's not good. People act like it's it's a bad it's bad. I, I believe that there are people that don't enjoy it. But given the feedback that I've seen, I would have expected them to be like, "We got to move on from this title. It's not very good. You know, it's uh, it's not beloved. It's not having success." That's what I would have expected from them. As opposed to what they're doing, which again, it seems to me, it seems to me that the negative feedback may be, uh, it might be because it was so commercially successful that so many people bought it. A lot of the longtime fans are like, I just don't like it. You know, newer fans are like, no, this is a dope game. Valhalla is second best AC ever made in my opinion. Uh, yo, what's good? Hellfire. Checked out Ubisoft Forum. Audio issues, bitrate, dynamics and bounce, muffled sounds, stuttering, volume. This is the newest post there. It isn't as bad as Outriders, uh, but is anything? <laughs> I mean, I'm getting on the PS5, so I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't take any financial quotes during this is the norm. People will eventually go back to work. Well, sure, 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 sure. But still, I, I, I have to wonder... I have to wonder how successful the game is then if they continue to double down on it. You know, AC Brotherhood multiplayer was amazing. I remember playing that back in the day with my friends. I remember that actually being pretty fun. Being like, we the, the different disguises and stuff that you could wear. It was actually pretty dope. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. It's one of the few Viking games. That could be the other thing that really lended it a lot of popularity is, yeah, it is. It, 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 it's one of the few Viking games available. Um, they're, 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 the popularity of the TV show may have aided it in its success. If you guys are new, by the way, thanks for tuning in this morning. We got a lot on the docket for today. We're kind of debating AC Valhalla. It's got huge changes coming. I'll be running that down for you in a moment here, as well as other micro gaming news topics. If you're enjoying your time here this morning, be sure to smash the like button, as well as consider hitting subscribe. Take our poll. We're asking the audience right now what they think. We want to hear from you. You can use the poll command. Do you think Assassin's Creed can become a live service game? Is that something that you think is in the cards for the game itself, for the franchise? We appreciate so many people being here this morning. AC2 and the rest of the Ezio storyline, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, a lot of people, Ezio is their favorite. Bayek is my favorite. Bayek in, um, in Origins. He was my favorite. I thought his story was excellent. 
that was one of the few times I went back and finished a game. I because it just I couldn't it it for some reason, Assassin's Creed Origins, it haunted me. I was like, I have to finish that game. I loved it. I love the style. I have a Bayek shirt that I wore when I hosted E3. It was one of the shirts I took with me. I absolutely loved him. I thought his I thought what they did with his character. I thought the way he looked. He was awesome. He was so cool. Um, can you explain live service? Sure. So this is what a live service is. Best way to explain live service is to contrast it and compare it to something that is not live service. So live service is the opposite of a game that lands and that's it. It's the game. Now a game could land and have plans DLC and still not be live service. Okay. So you buy the game and then they're like, here's a story expansion. Here's a story expansion. Done. We are done with that game. We're never going back. Examples of this would be basically previous Assassin's Creed games, right? Assassin's Creed Origins was not live service. They delivered it. They did a couple things with DLC. They did a couple events and then that was done. Now you might've said it was like low level live service because they did some of the events. So a better example of a pure non-live service game would be like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That game got delivered, they did one or two DLCs, and then they were done. They had like planned expansions and then they were done. Live service is an ongoing game that continues to get updates, new content, and service they're adding to it. Yeah, Borderlands 2 is another good example. Wasn't live service. Here is Borderlands 2. Here is a couple of DLCs. We're done. We are done with the game. Borderlands 1 was even more traditional. Here is Borderlands 1. Four DLCs. That's it. Because they did kind of continue to do things with Borderlands 2 that that, that weren't really planned with the uh, Digistruct Peak and the OP levels. That wasn't live service, but still. They went a little bit further than Borderlands 1, right? So... If Assassin's Creed becomes live service, which is what they're doing, they're going beyond the original season pass. I would even say a season pass is like, it's like, um, it's like they're, it's, it's a live service game, sort of. It's like a temporary live service game. They're going to support the game for a year, and then when the season pass runs out, they're done. They're no longer supporting the game, right? Yeah, Borderlands 2 did the Headhunter packs, and then they did the... And then they did the, the, the all the holiday stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Assassin's Creed is going beyond Siege of Paris. So you have Assassin's Creed, Legend of Beowulf, Wrath of the Druids, Siege of Paris is right around the corner, and that was meant to be the end, and they're not. They're going to continue to support the game and expand the game into next year. That's live service. Predator with a $5 tip through Super Chat. 100% completed the main campaign and playing through Wrath of the Druids now on PS4 Pro. Second best Assassin's Creed game in my opinion behind Brotherhood. I appreciate the $5 tip and for your opinion. Thank you for sharing. Doesn't that line up with Yubi's latest comments? Free content, season upgrades. They seem to want to add this to more of their games. The reason that they want to do it is because... It works. It works. There's a handful of reasons why this works. 
right? Think about it. You have an established game, you have an established audience, you have an established feedback funnel. You can input that feedback funnel into the game, continue to deliver to an audience that's enjoying the game. So you get two things. You get revenue and refinement. You see? You get revenue and refinement. It's like these people continue to play, so they feed us revenue, and they feed us feedback, so we can continue to refine the game according to the player's wants and needs and desires, which, in turn, feeds the revenue. The more they feel like this game is being catered to their liking and what they are, the more we drill down on refinement, the more the revenue is is predictable. You see? So it's like, revenue and refinement are the two benefits here. You got this giant game. Keep using it. You got a giant map. You got all these areas. Keep using it. It's huge. We always talked about this in the other game, in Destiny. I always talked about reusing your capital getting as much out of your capital as possible we're going to have this conversation I guarantee you many times on the road to and during Breath of the Wild 2 right Breath of the Wild 2 guaranteed criticism right now put it on a post-it note slap it on your refrigerator people are going to claim it's recycled or it's dlc why because they're going to reuse the hyrule map a large portion of breath of the wild 2 is going to include the base level hyrule map and you know what people are going to say i already own this i already paid for this this is recycled this is crap and you know what i'm going to (laughs) say they're getting use out of their capital man what are you talking about they built this big, huge, amazing world and the next game springboarding off of it, it kind of makes sense, you know? You build these big, huge, amazing worlds in Assassin's Creed, you know, why why wouldn't you drill down and continue to use it as capital? It's great. You put all that time in. Then you can focus on other things. <clears throat> I think Breath of the Wild 2 looks like the same game. Well, I don't think you've played Breath of the Wild. <laughs> If you think Breath of the Wild 2 is the same game, then I don't think you've played Breath of the Wild. But that's okay. You could say the same thing every time, like, when Assassin's Creed 1 came out, and then 2 and Brotherhood and those other games came out, you could say the same thing. Well, it looks like the same game. And any fan of those those games and those franchise and, and the Assassin's Creed franchise were like, oh, no, 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 they were much different. Sure, they look the same, but they're not the same. You did play Breath of the Wild, then you haven't played it recently enough. There were so many things in that trailer. It's a brand new game. Brand new moves, brand new abilities, brand new areas. It's just like going from from one of the older Assassin's Creed to another. When you went from Assassin's Creed 2 to Brotherhood, it looked on the surface like the same. An assassin slowly walking around, slicing people up. But then you played it, and you're like, oh my word. All these new abilities and new things I can do. This is awesome. You know, it looks exactly the same. Everything he does in the trailer is new and he's never done before. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you saying it looks graphically the same? I don't understand what you're saying, Kane, because everything he does in the in the trailer is brand new. It would be like watching a trailer for, you know, Assassin's Creed 1 to 2 or Batman 1 to 2 and being like, "Oh, it's still Batman running around. It's still it's still an assassin running around. It looks the same." Well, yeah, it's a sequel. It should look the same to some degree. But then they show off all the new moves, you know? I, I don't know. Graphically, it looks exactly the same. Yeah, I, I don't under... I, I am... If that is going to be a debate we have on the road and during Breath of the Wild 2, 
I will be bewildered. <laughs> it's the Nintendo Switch. It's one of the highest saturated consoles in existence. Of course it's going to look the same. It takes that thing to its limits. The Nintendo Switch is one of the highest saturated sold consoles in existence. Th- that Le- Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild takes that system to the absolute limits of what it can do. There's no way they're going to make it look better than that. They're not going to change the style. Certainly, it's a sequel. They can't make it look better now. Now. Maybe. Maybe the sequel will run a little bit nicer on the uh, Switch Pro when they finally announce it. You know. Frame rate resolution. But I don't think artistically they would change the look and the appearance of it at all. Because it's a, it, it, it's a sequel. It's not like when you went from A Link to the Past to like Ocarina of Time. This is more like Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. Graphically and aesthetically, it's going to be very, very similar because it's, un- it's in the same generation. So they're going to be like, oh yeah, I can see, I can see these, are, these two are tied together, right? It's pretty good looking for the Switch. I'm still impressed that that game runs, runs on the Switch. I mean, they run the Doom on the Switch, but, you know, how good does it look? (laughs) Lono said people uh, will say it looks exactly the same. No, that's not what I said. I said people are going to complain about it being recycled with respect to the Hyrule map. I was talking about the actual map, the world. They're going to reuse areas, right? I wasn't talking about the appearance. I was talking about reusing the assets, reusing the area. They're they're going. People are going to say we had people yesterday saying, "Oh, it's just DLC. It's not a sequel. It's just DLC because they're reusing the high rule map." I wasn't speaking in the in the category of appearances or graphics. I was saying people are going to complain that they're reusing assets. They're reusing the high rule map. The same complaint that gets uttered anytime Destiny reuses anything. This is a common thing, right? But the reason we're talking about this is I was just saying with Assassin's Creed Valhalla and games this size, it's like, why would you not get more out of your capital? You built this gigantic map, this gigantic world. Why not get more out of it? You know what I mean? That's the same as saying it looks the same because it uses the same assets. In my mind, I don't, I don't, I separate the two. When someone says it graphically looks the same, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing textures, lighting, graphical fidelity, performance, does it look next gen, all of that, frame rate, resolution. I wasn't in that, my mind wasn't even in that world. My mind was over here. I was thinking, it's recycled, it's DLC. I already have that map. I already own Hyrule. That's my mind was over in another category when I said what I said. I don't get why people would say that. It takes place in the same world. Why would they change the map? I don't put don't people people don't argue that. They already are arguing that. It's going to happen. There is going to be a knockdown drag out fight about that one day in here in this chat. I'm going to make a thumbnail and it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2 is not D- is not just a DLC or something like that. I'll go real provocative. Just a DLC question mark. And we're going to have a knockdown drag out fight with people that are like 
If I'm paying for a new game, then it should all be new. I should... N you can't... They can't reuse anything. Like, there are people that will argue that. They will go all the way to the end of the road and say, absolutely not. I'm buying a sequel. It should be a brand new game, brand new world. Everything should be new. There are people that are going to argue that. They're going to type it. They're going to mean it. They feel it. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. They're going to say it's basically a DLC. This is why I should be paying. I should be paying half price. I already own the map. I already own Hyrule. This is like a live service game now. What, what are you going to do? Seasons next? You just can keep reusing the map? Nintendo might, by the way. I don't know. I could see them doing that with the next Zelda. <clears throat> Trust me. We will have this debate. And I'll get ramped up and wound up and, you know, and debate these people. It'll be fun. It'll make for good television, but it's going to happen. 100%. <clears throat> what other one picked up directly after and not like hundreds apart? Right. Right, that, that's the thing, that's the thing. This is one of the first, this might be the first, I think this is the first Zelda to be like, hey, you just got done doing that, here's chapter two. They, they've, they've not done that traditionally. Miles Morales did it, yeah, they reused the map. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. By the way, if you're new, thanks so much for tuning in. We're debating AC Valhalla becoming a live service game. It seems that that is the road they are on based on Ubisoft Forward commentary from them. I'll be breaking that down momentarily. If you want to weigh in on the subject, take our poll. Our poll is asking the question, can Assassin's Creed become a live service game? Why or why not? We've got about 100 votes, and it's about a 60-40 split. Most people are saying yes. 60% are saying it can. 40% are saying no. Weigh in on this. Let me read through some of your responses. Uh, Alistair Ross says, I've been playing for years, and I cannot agree with the live service side of things. Valhalla is just boring. I played 100 hours. What? And I put it down first one in years. I haven't gone for platinum. I never finished it or bothered the River Raids DLC. Alright, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I gotta ask, though. At what point, right? At what point did you... Did you say it was boring? Right? This is actually really interesting. I hope Alistair is here. Because... A hundred hours. When did you decide it was boring, though? Was it in the back half? Was it in the second 50? (laughs) Was it in the first 50 hours or the second 50 hours that got you to 100? Like, what was the breaking point where you were like, this is boring, right? We just talked about this, about how a game can snap that rubber band. It takes you to the breaking point. You're like, I cannot do another mission. I am sick of it. Side quest, story playable. That's when you got bored. So would you say, Alistair, would you say, I'm actually totally interested in this. I'm interviewing you right now. Would you say you enjoyed most of your time? I mean, 100 hours is a lot of freaking time. I've I've not put that amount of time, I don't think, into any game except for Borderlands 2, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, and Destiny. I've never put that amount of time in a game like that. I don't think ever. 
I think I got to around 30 hours in Origins. Because I played it kind of completionist as I went along. My wife is broken. She's addicted to Rageless Rose and the microphone. This is the first message I get from her as she wakes up in the morning. I love her. (laughs) Don't tell her, though. (laughs) Don't tell her fast. Don't tell her, but I love her. I watched the whole season, but it was boring since episode one. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, 100 hours is a lot. Yeah, the same argument when D2 brought back the moon. Definitely going to happen with Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it, homie. I finished the main quest and a good chunk of side missions in like 60 hours. I gladly put the game down after the ending, says Eric in chat. Okay, okay, okay. Um, 100 hours is a lot, is a lot of AC... Valhalla gameplay though that's that's my response that's my basically uh, quick response there Valhalla 161 hours not to finish still DLC gee money okay here's Dallister. I put 300 hours into Origins wow I did two new game plus runs and about 200 in Odyssey Valhalla just got repetitive story it got boring and the world was empty I could go on and on so you're you're I mean you, you I mean I, I guess it makes sense with your name and your and your avatar. You are an Assassin's Creed fan. Okay. You you are a huge huge Assassin's Creed fan. Um so I the fact that you put in 300 hours in Origins and 200 in Odyssey to me it does it does it does line up with what a lot of people have said. Right? you're lining up with what Kane said earlier. It's just boring and empty. Like, I usually go nuts. I play these games to their utter completion. I wring them out like a rag, and then I shake it, and then I wring it out a little bit more, and then I shake it. Like, you take these games to their bitter end. And you're just like, man, Valhalla's boring. A lot of people have said that. I didn't say change the map. I'm more fine with it being the same because Breath of the Wild is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I think I was tracking with what you were saying, Kane. I- I- I'll be honest with you. When the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer started, I actually thought they were going to go with a darker aesthetic and like put you in black or red or something to give it a very, very different feel. So I think I understand being like, I mean, it looks like the same game. It looks like I'm just going up into the sky. Like, it doesn't look like anything is really changing. Something could be said for making a game stand apart with its visuals when you're doing a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, they did that with Assassin's Creed. I mean, everything, you'd, you'd see the trailer and be like, wow, his outfit's different. He's in a new city. He's got new weapons. And Zelda Breath of the Wild, they're like, you're going up to the sky. And there is like six abilities they show off that are brand new. You know, but they didn't do much else to make it really stand apart other than give him like long hair I did like when he was like falling through the sky I thought that was pretty dope his outfit and his hair uh, looked different you know it was like vacation link you know so he's on vacation they're like just when I thought I was out they pull me back in (laughs) vacation link is like here we go again he comes you know he comes out of retirement with his long hair maybe give him a beard you know, just saying, just saying, a beard would be nice. 
Uh, TSMI responded to our poll about can Assassin's Creed Valhalla or just Assassin's Creed in general become live service. AC has the volume of content. They just have to worry about the quality and how and when to release it. Uh, AC Valhalla gameplay is commonly uh, criticized uh, for its repetitive uh, nature and lack of depth. That's that's probably the most common theme that I get, right? How can you say it's boring when you put so many time into the game? If I find something boring, I won't put that much time in it at all. It's a matter it's a matter of comparison though, brand brandonymous. Oh, I like that. Brandonymous. Think about it like this. This guy in chat just said he played the last two Assassin's Creed about 300 hours in one and about 200 hours in another, okay? So, imagine he's reading a book series and he consumes all three of the first three books and just, oh, he inhales them. A thousand pages each. Just woof, woof, woof. Eats them up. And then the next series comes out. Eats them up. It's two books. It's a thousand pages each. Oh, this is amazing. And then the next book series comes out and he barely finishes the first book and he's like, I'm bored. Do you see? He went he he went way he did not go nearly as far into the game. He did not put nearly as much time and he did. He got to a point where he was like, I gave this game a fair shot. It just isn't what the other ones were. It just isn't doing what I wanted to do. I'm I'm checking out. Listen, I said the same thing you said. I was like, bored? You put 100 hours in. He's like, well, well, hang on. He's like, hold on to your hat. The last two games I jumped two and 300 hours into. So as a way of comparison, he put in one third or one half of the time and he was like, I'm done. I'm done. Imagine playing a season in a game like Destiny where you put in typically two to three hundred hours a season and then a new season comes out and you barely put it a hundred hours you're like I can't do it I'm bored out of my freaking mind do you see it's a matter of ratio and comparison for him that's a lot less time scale it down from the absurd because with respect this guy is a giant Assassin's Creed fanboy so it's, a, it's an extreme comparison trim it down a bit Imagine when you play a game like this, you typically are happy to put in 20 to 30 hours. 20 to 30 hours is a lot of time. That's usually a semi-completionist, semi-casual campaign run-through. 20 to 30 hours, right? Let's say instead of 20 to 30 hours, you get 10 hours in, you're like, I just, I'm freaking bored. If somebody came to you and said, yeah, but you put in 10 hours, you'd be like, yeah, I usually put in 20 to 30 I got halfway through the game and I'm out. You see, it's a matter of comparison. He did he did he did less than he did about a half or a third of what he typically does. You, you have to you have to look at it in that realm to understand why he put in that much time before concluding it was boring. Somebody would say that to you. Well, you didn't know 10 hour you didn't what 7th or 8th hour you didn't know it was boring. You might say, "Well, I thought it might have gotten better. I put a little bit more time in. I was hoping it was going to turn a corner." You know what I mean? Okay, I get what you're saying. Thinking on that now, I've done the same thing with Destiny. Yeah, sometimes you're just like you're you're holding out hope. You're like, maybe it'll get better. Maybe 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 it'll improve. And then all of a sudden you hit that point of realization. You're like, no. This is all they have to offer. This is it. 
That's all there is here. There's not there's nothing else here. <laughs> I have seen the scope of what they have to offer. And it's thin. Cardock Ren responded to our poll. It can it can he's saying he's answering the question. So if you're new to the audience, we're asking, can Assassin's Creed become a live service game? And Cardock saying it can if you make the content varied and interesting. If it is just more of the same, then no. Um this is the most common feedback I've seen. Uh, gets this feedback a lot. They, they, they it's just it, we we can't just keep doing the same things. Now, Wrath of the Druids, from my understanding, has been getting pretty good praise. Wrath of the Druids, from what from again bird's eye view, outside looking in, folks have been seeming to say that like Wrath of the Druids is good, which makes me wonder if Siege of Paris is meant to turn things around for a lot of you that are bored. A good example of that is Days Gone. It got much better after six to eight hours into the campaign. Oh, what a bummer I haven't been able to finish that game. Oh, gosh. What a story. I love Deacon. Great, great character. Toaster responded to the to the poll. Large map, deep lore, 10 plus years of a fan base establishment has the makings of a live service game uh, in my eyes. I agree. I think it can deliver that. I think AC Valhalla gameplay can deliver that. I definitely think it can. If you're if you're looking for something, they have. I, I think what you're saying is what I've been trying to say. They have all of the pieces of the recipe to put this together and to make it work. They have all the pieces of the recipe to put this together and to make it work. You know, if a game takes twenty hours to get good, well, no, 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 no. What Viking is saying about Days Gone isn't, it's really bad until the 6th or the 8th hour. He's saying, oh no, it gets better. I think the beginning of Days Gone is solid. Okay? I think it's solid, but it, it certainly picks up. It's, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a slow ramp up. Right? There are some games where you're like, is this ever going to get good? People are like, just wait, just wait. You gotta get to like the 20th hour. I'm like, no, I'm not enjoying myself. I was enjoying myself just fine in the beginning of Days Gone. But some games you just have to cut your losses when it doesn't click with you. That's exactly right. I've done that. You know what I, you know you know what's made me a happier gamer? This is this is what's made me a happier gamer. I stopped biting in to a turkey burger and pretending it was steak. That's what I stopped doing. <laughs> it's like this isn't what I want right now. This isn't what I'm looking for. This isn't what I'm craving. I don't like it. Whoop! And I shove it off the table. The best example I can give you are all of these beautifully crafted, thoughtful, amazing, lazy rogues. <laughs> all of these rogues out here, you guys know I'm being slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I also think the rogue genre is getting overplayed because I think it's easier for folks to design within a rogue sandbox because it's more contained they don't have to worry about the long tail projection and trajectory of an RPG or a metroidvania it's more contained, it's a bit easier okay, so I'm being tongue in cheek but I I do think there is uh, an element of everybody's doing rogue for a reason but for me I I, I, could have sat here and been like, I'm gonna try to make this work. I'm going to try and enjoy a rogue. And it wouldn't have worked. I would have just gotten irritated. I would have gotten angry. I'd have been like, this is not for me. So, typically, 
my approach to gaming is very simple. My approach to gaming is very simple. If within the first hour or two you haven't hooked me, you're probably not going to hook me. Why? Because the content loop of a game is typically firmly established in the first two hours. This is one of the reasons Steam, as long as you fall under two hours getting a refund, is brilliant. That's plenty of time for you to say, love it, like it, tolerate it, dislike it, hate it. Where are you on the spectrum, right? Where are you on the spectrum? Can you tolerate it? Can you enjoy it? Do you love it? Do you dislike it? Do you hate it? Like, where are you? And then just get it out of there. Then get just cut your losses and get out. Get your refund. This is why I love Game Pass. If I don't vibe with a game, at least I didn't pay full price for it. That's why I'm more inclined to try games that come to Game Pass. That's why Game Pass is such a value to you as a consumer. This is one of the reasons I think Halo Infinite is going to be so special for us. You, you want to try it out? It's free. <laughs> you want to try out the multiplayer? Come and have a ball with us. We're doing thus and so. We're playing on a Friday night. Whatever the frick's going on. It's free. Why wouldn't you try it? Check out the campaign. It's on Game Pass. You know? I just pulled the plug for this and PS3, 360 online service. We'll end this year. What is that? What is that? I don't even know what that is. Vengeance has replied to our poll. The franchise itself can, however, there's only so much they can do while loosely using historical events. If they made it a modern open world AC game live service would be easier as things would evolve more organically over time. Oh, I would love that. I would. Uh, AC Valhalla gameplay could get close. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine an open world Assassin's Creed RPG? You get you make your own character oh man I don't know I don't know I don't know if they could do it I don't know if they could do it that that seems like they might have to really really break out of their uh, out of their out of their shackles and really really shake up the franchise because you're talking about you would need to have like things you can do with other people multiplayer what if it becomes massive multiplayer oh I don't know I don't know they might have to take a page out of um what's that game that just came out called what uh da, 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 hood hood with like the four the four man raids they could do something like that oh that'd be freaking great make the game like a 70 30 split like 70 percent of the game you can totally play by yourself but then have these other little things you can do with other people Ooh, that'd be nice they're pretty close in the last three games all they need is character customization and to a certain extent they give you that character customization with transmog it's built right in you can do transmog in immortals phoenix rising can you imagine an open world RPG like Phoenix Rising? You know what I mean? You, you make it in that art style, big giant open world, create your character, pick between an orc, an elf, a druid, or whatever. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. They could, pro- I, I'm telling you, with, with, their, with their background in these games and how they've dipped their toe into the RPG elements, especially in Immortals Phoenix Rising, they could make some excellent, excellent open world RPG games. I believe it. I truly do. Now you're talking about a different game at that point. Is it even Assassin's Creed anymore? Stephanie, I actually think they should do it with the Immortals franchise. 
leave Assassin's Creed in this quasi live service thing they're doing now with Valhalla and then take the Immortals engine and that world and that art aesthetic and build a big giant open world RPG oh my word it'd be be so fun it'd be excellent why is no one talking about Outer Worlds 2 they didn't say anything they just did a funny trailer poking fun at other gaming trailers it was a great trailer it was funny but come on a World of Warcraft style game yeah yep 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 I think it could be amazing. If you guys are enjoying your time here this morning, we don't do a lot of ads on the channel, and you can support the channel in a variety of ways if you want to show appreciation for the free content, a daily talk show like this with gameplay in the afternoon. Smash that like button for me. Get us, get us, get our, get our likes to roll over, and consider hitting subscribe and the bell button. I'm here Monday through Friday, a safe for work broadcaster. A lot of people treat me like radio. They keep me on in the background. I'm reading through poll responses. Arch Enigma says, For my wife, Origins and Syndicate have been hobbyist games. Going to get her Valhalla soon, and I think she will be thrilled about the news that she can keep progressing. I agree. Uh, I wish my kids were a bit older. Uh, were a bit older. Um, I love the idea of, uh, of AC Valhalla gameplay continuing. I This... This is something that, you know, my kids are a little too young for, you know, they're five and seven, so we have to stick to some of the games like, we, we've been playing through Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and we kind of turn the, uh, turn the difficulty way down, turn the auto-aim way up, and I was, uh, I was a little bummed that they didn't want to go the distance with, um, they did not want to go the distance with Immortals Phoenix Rising. Every once in a while, my daughter wants to play it, and she just runs around and hits the, hits the, hits the the boar and the and the and the horses and stuff you know what i mean i treat lona like the guy in the next cubicle who doesn't stop talking there you go lono is like radio only he doesn't do station id every five minutes and has four minutes of ads and a two-minute song that's right i do station identification maybe i don't know every 30 minutes or so um I should probably do it on a 15-minute interval because there's so many people coming in throughout the day letting them know the kind of content that we create, you know? Prioritize a deep dive into Outer Worlds 2 trailer? No, I don't know enough to do a deep dive into the Outer Worlds 2 trailer. I could talk about how funny it is, but I don't know enough. I wouldn't know what to say. It's funny, and they show an awful lot. I'm sure there's plenty of clues and and things in there that could that could that could give us an indication of what might be coming but i i don't i don't think so i i don't i don't i I didn't play that game enough to even know if anything that they show in that trailer is uh is going to be worth checking out you know what i'm saying um i might have to jump into valhalla just bought origins on sale but man it's hard to go from odyssey to origins it's very very different very very different I'll be jumping in this afternoon if you want a picture of what it's like to jump in to Valhalla and prioritize jumping into the DLC which is Wrath of the Druids I will be doing that this afternoon to give folks a glimpse at what AC Valhalla gameplay looks like when you come late to the party Zinthos responded to my poll asking the question if you want to take the poll use the poll command we're asking the question can Assassin's Creed become a live service game because it seems to be their goal here Zinthos says, with how big the recent games are, I believe that it could be possible to build onto a world further than the base game. But perhaps because of that, the base game can be a little less daunting. Exactly. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Um, AC Valhalla gameplay 
you know, was described as being as being boring and too full, right? This is exactly the solution to that. If it's boring and too full, well, then you can thin the game out, right? Thin the game out so that when it launches, it doesn't feel so full, so monotonous, so tedious. People can get their sense of satisfaction from doing a completionist run or a non-completionist run, and then they can come back in a more healthy way to say, oh, there's new stuff, there's new things, I'm jumping back in, you know? So when whenever whenever I play a game like this, I set my sights on wanting to do everything, right? Lona with the bracelets. Okay, so let me explain the bracelets because I'm not really one to wear stuff, but I, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I think I'm pulling it off. I think it I think it I think it works with my my style and my look. This one my daughter gave me because she wears a similar. She wears the exact same bracelet. It's just half of this. It just goes around one time. It's the same color. And she gave me this because she wants me to wear it, so I'll think about her when I'm wearing it. And I felt bad because I was like, well, I need to wear one for my son. And my wife got me this one a long time ago, and I just hadn't been wearing it. And I just, as luck would have it, I just saw it last night in a basket by the front door. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. And I put it on. I was like, I was like, buddy, I'll wear this one for you. I was like, because it's black and it's tough. And he had on like a black ring. And I was like, I'll wear this one and I'll think of you. Uh, when I wear it. And he's like, okay. And he got really excited. So that's where I'm wearing these. And funny enough, I'm wearing a, a, my, my wedding band is one of those, like, is one of those soft wedding bands because my metal one was like starting to irritate my skin and it's red and black like that. It's red and black like that. So I told him, I said, I wear this to think of mama, right? And then what came from mama, right? Me and mama, we got a red and we got a black. So I don't know. I thought that was cute. I said that last night. If it seems mushy and corny, I don't care. (laughs) So I told him, I said, I wear this the thing of mama. I wear this thing of you. I wear this thing of you. So that's where the, that's why I'm wearing the bracelets. Um, so, uh, Noberto says, I think if they can provide meaningful content that pairs well with the current story, it could be much better than the constant, uh, releases agreed. Um, and lets them refine uh, the AC Valhalla gameplay loop. If they want to refine that gameplay loop, this is how you do it. You know, as I said, as I said, this gives them the opportunity to do two things: revenue and refinement. You're, you're, you're continuing the story, continuing the world. I mean, and you're not just doing it to do it. You can input player feedback, right? I would I'm actually curious if what their plans are for next year is going to be an answer to some of the criticisms of the game. Are are they going to speak to that? Are they going to speak to that and say, "Listen, we this is the number one piece of feedback we got from Valhalla. Too full and boring. We are setting up to answer that in 2022 with all the stuff they have planned with Odin." You know? I love the soft wedding band. Mine looks like, uh, just looks like a real ring. Oh, it's way more comfortable. Yeah, I love it. I love it. My wife has the same one, obviously just smaller. My thoughts on the Replace trailer? It looks amazing and I'm going to play it. That Replace game looks amazing. It comes out this year. No, 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 no. It doesn't. Replace was 2022, wasn't it? Yeah, 2022. Indie Awesome, I wrote down. Replace, 2022. 
Redfall's also 2022. We've got good things this year, though. Diablo 2 Resurrected in September, 12 Minutes in August, Battlefield in October, Sea of Thieves next week. Um, there's some other stuff in June and July I don't have written down here. But yeah, good stuff. I Have they answered? Does anybody know? Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, is it a single player? Well, it, it, they show you playing with other people, but like, is it online with PvP or is it going to be a PvE instance version? That's my question. And so, Ring, I don't know the brand. That sounds right, though. That's one of the companies. I don't know if that's right. Oh, and Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Replace looks amazing. So interesting what developers can do with 2D style games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I literally screamed. I was like, yes, when I saw the Metroid Dread trailer. Because the first thing I said was they showed like the, the first person visor perspective. And I was like, oh, come on. Come on. And then they showed the side scroll. And I was like, yes. I was like, finally, a return of what Metroid is. It's they, come on. you. And I said this yesterday. I said it this morning. I said it in my reaction vid. You're the grandfather of Metroidvania, a genre named after your game. Where's Metroid? Where? Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, Hollow Knight. What's happening? Step out here and show people how it's done. What are you doing? Metroid Prime. Frick your Metroid Prime, dude. There's a whole genre named after Metroid. Metroidvania and they're like yeah we're good <laughs> it's like I was so thrilled to see that trailer and that it's coming this year I was like oh yes now listen Metroid Prime 4 has been rebooted at least once or twice I bet you that's a launch title for the pro I, I do I bet you they were like we can't do this on the on the switch the way that we want to Metroid uh, control had Metroidvania elements too I loved it for that reason. I loved it for that reason. I'm sure Metroid Prime 4 will have Metroid elements. It's named Metroid. But, like, I don't want that. I don't want a first-person shooter Metroid. I'm sorry. I know I know. Metroid Prime is loved, adored, and long-awaited. I have a strange feeling that Metroid Prime 4 will be a Nintendo Switch Pro exclusive because it can't run on the old tech. They probably ran into problems, I would think. I'm going to say something controversial again. I've never played a single Metroid game. I mean, that's like when I say I haven't played certain games, like Metal Gear and stuff. If you didn't grow up with the console. Now, if you grew up with Nintendos in the house and you didn't play Metroid, then you're just an idiot. (laughs) I didn't grow up with PlayStation. So there's a handful of titles I just never got. I I never played because I didn't grow up with them. Right? If you grew up with Nintendo in the house and you didn't play Metroid, I mean, then you're just, you're just an idiot. <laughs> Kayla coming in, or K-Laugh. K-Laugh coming in, renewing their membership and getting a purple badge. Thank you so much. Never played Metroid or Zelda. It's only forgivable if you didn't grow up with Nintendo. If you grew up with Nintendo and never played Zelda or Metroid, then you should be calling your parents this afternoon and telling them, like, you failed me. You failed me. Like, let them, like, lay that guilt and shame on them. You know? <laughs> and see if these, there's always PvP going to be in the sandbox. 
You just do the tall tales while possibly running into other crews. Always an opportunity to steal other people's treasure. Here's my question, though, Dirty Thirst. Here's my question. Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life. You got Davy Jones and Davy Jones' ship showing up and dialogue and cutscenes. How's that work if someone can stroll up and interrupt me? How's that work? I don't understand. You got Calypso telling me what's going on and narrating. So I'm going to be sitting there listening to her talking and is someone going to come up and be able to shoot me? You know? I'm I'm genuinely curious how all that's going to play out. They have literal cutscenes, story, dialogue. David Jones' ship comes shooting up out of the water. And I got to worry about, you know, Summit, the streamer, coming and stealing all my stuff. I'm just trying to get through the campaign, homie. You know what I'm saying? Leave me alone. (laughs) Leave me alone, bro. Mick Rich uh, took the poll and said they can turn Assassin's Creed into live service, but I think they should start with that in mind. Successful with that in mind to be successful instead of doing it on the fly. End game loops are delicate. Um, I actually uh, think they are going to experiment with AC Valhalla gameplay first and take what they learn into the next game. That's what they're going to do. I think that's what they're doing right now. I think they're I think they're going to experiment with AC Valhalla, that that gameplay loop, and they're going to help bake that into the next game. They're going to do the you remember what they did with Division, right? They spent all that time on Division, the 1.8 update, and then that fed a lot of what they did with Division 2 at launch. Now, obviously, it it didn't end up it didn't it didn't end up it didn't end up working, right? It, it, it didn't end up working, but that's what they did, and I think they did make some good foundational changes, you know what I mean? I would I would hope, I would hope that they're thinking about that as they make these decisions with AC Valhalla, right? Taking the game and saying, alright, let's input player feedback, you know, let's input player feedback let's input what the community is saying and really craft a good live service experience in Assassin's Creed you know what I mean I think starting as a live service is the backwards attempt you start with a solid game build a base become live service that's what the successful ones have done I agree with what Eugene is saying I do I know that hurt I know that hurts his his uh, his identity here but I agree with what he's saying I think when a game sets out to be live service, I would say look at Anthem. I would say look at Anthem. If Anthem would have built an amazing campaign, story, RPG, open world game, ignore all the difficulty spectrum. If they would have just built that first and then expanded it maybe a little bit, made some changes and some tweaks here to drop rates and, and loot, adjusted some of the things with how loot functions... I think Anthem would be here right now. I think Anthem would be here right now. Anthem set out to be a live service game, and they were not ready. They weren't ready. It just didn't work. It's like, if you learn how to swim in an Olympic pool first, well, maybe now you want to go out into the ocean and try to swim pretty far. But if you just try to go out in the ocean and swim far, you're going to get overwhelmed. 
you're going to lack speed, endurance, you're, you're not going to have the lung capacity for holding your breath, none of that. So, like, I just think they're jumping, they're not just jumping into the deep end of the pool, they're jumping into the freaking ocean and hoping they can swim. Anthem's actually fun combat-wise. It could have been amazing combat-wise. Anthem has a wonderful, wonderful core underneath. It has a wonderful core underneath. It really, really does. It does. It just, that's all it has. No, no loop, no end game, no nothing. It's just, there's nothing there. Division, Destiny didn't start as live service. Right. Eugene used to be the hardest dude in here, and now he says stuff Lono likes. What happened? <laughs> Fortnite didn't start as live service. Yeah, Fortnite didn't have seasons and battle passes and live events. They didn't have any of that when they first started breaking out into it. It became it became how they maintain their player base long term. You know, long term, that's what they decided to do. Right? <clears throat> so at the at the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I would I would actually say if if you're wanting to build a live service game, I think it's okay to have those wishes on the outset. But I think the danger is you're going to end up like Anthem. You're going to end up like all these other games that have attempted, right? That have attempted to be live service. And then it just doesn't end up working out. It does not end up working out. It's like we... Now, we praised Outriders for this reason. We thought Outriders was attempting to do that. We thought Outriders is not building their game from the very, very jump to be live service. They're going to launch a complete package. It's a really good thing that Outriders did not try to be a live service from moment one. Why? Because the base game cannot sustain it. Can't. Anthem tried to be a live service game and the base game could not sustain it so it crumbled to the ground outriders has a chance at a comeback and being live service why because that's not what they tried to do from moment one so they could drill down on the basics they can drill down on improvement and they can fix the base game and they maybe have a chance they maybe have a shot anthem set themselves up for a crash and burn why they try to be they try to be a lot live service from moment one you're trying to juggle flaming you're trying to juggle you know flaming sticks and chainsaws well you know, try one just try juggling the flaming sticks first you know ESO is based on a solid game though you're always going to have exceptions to the rule you are you're always going to have exceptions to the rule ESO did launch as a successful live service but yeah, like what Eugene is saying, they, they they built it on a they built it on a pretty solid framework from Jump Street. So you're going, you're always going to have exceptions to the rule. ESO jumps through the ring of fire and pulls it off. Yay, yay for them! You know, yay for them. That that, that that's that's going to happen. That's going to be a normal. I would think that's going to be a normal thing that you're going to ever once in a while have some game that just sets its sights on we're going to be live service from the very beginning we've talked about this with esports we've talked about this with esports if you try and build a game for a moment one to be an esport what do you end up, what do you end up with what do you end up with why well, it 
it doesn't have the organic following. It doesn't have the organic intrigue or the interest. So what ends up happening? Uh, it just it just fizzles out. Just fizzles out. Now, what's an exception to that rule? Valorant. Valorant has been hugely successful. They they're standing on the shoulders of other games. Like, let's be real here. Riot is really good at what they do, but they're also standing on the shoulders of geniuses. Or maybe not geniuses, they're standing on the shoulders of what other people have done before them. They're standing on the shoulders of everything that CSGO learned over the years, which is largely a lot learned from Team Fortress, and they got to stand on the shoulders of Overwatch after all of its years of of balance and tweaking and this and that and abilities, balance and overpowered this, all of that. So Valorant gets to stand on on the shoulders of other other work and build an amazing eSport, basically eSport-ready game from moment one. That's not going to happen very often. It's just, it isn't going to happen very often. Yeah, Destiny 2's vanilla PvP set their sights on esports, which I, you guys know I love taking chunks out of them. That just shows how naive they were. You, you thought you were going to build an esport-ready game on peer-to-peer? <laughs> Who convinced you of that? Who convinced you of that? You guys are naive. You don't know what in the frick you're doing. You know? It's like somebody showing up to football practice in pads from the 50s. Like, like you are not ready for the big time. You're going to get clobbered. You're trying to step out here. See that guy over there? 360 pounds. He's an ox. And he's covered in tank armor. And you're wearing, you're wearing like leather padding from the 50s. Like, it was just naive. Structurally, they tried to build a, an eSport-ready game on peer-to-peer netcode. I mean, that's that's just laughable. Would, 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 would anybody have taken Valorant serious if Valorant was like, look at what we've got. Tactical shooter, economy like you know from CSGO, characters and classes and abilities like you know from Overwatch on peer-to-peer connections. Everyone would have been like, I'm sorry, what did you say? What, why would you do that? No one would have taken the game serious. No one should take a game seriously if it's on peer-to-peer. Get the frick out of here with your joke of an anti-cheat peer-to-peer. Get out of here, right? So Valorant steps on the field and says, eSport ready, dedicated servers, ranked launches a month later, serious and criticized anti-cheat, right? They stepped up and they were ready. And then and that's, one of the, that's one of the reasons they pulled it off. They're veterans in the industry with with regard to that sort of thing. You know? They they weren't naive. (laughs) They weren't naive. So if you're going to step onto the live service landscape, boy oh boy, you better be ready. You better be ready. Do you remember when Division 2? Or no, no, no. You remember when Division was coming out? You remember what we said? People were like, Oh, it's going to be a Destiny killer. And I was like, you don't want to say that. You don't want to target that audience. Those that audience is a is a those are piranha infested waters. And you're going to throw your chicken wing out there and it's going to get eaten real quick and people are going to be like, "What's next? Where's the rest of your game?" And that's exactly what happened to Division 1. It wasn't prepared for the ferociousness of a player base just consuming the content spitting out the bones on the other end and being like where's the rest of your game if you set your sights on live service you better be ready 
people are going to play your game hundreds of hours in those early weeks they're gonna they're gonna find every problem every loophole every crack in the surface every xp exploit every drop rate exploit everything people found those things in a beta of outriders but if you start with a good base game and you craft it slowly iterate player feedback player behavior and then a year later you're like okay we might be able to take this into a live service environment that's a recipe for a chance at success the other is just throwing a dart in a dark room with a blindfold on hoping to hit a bullseye hoping well maybe maybe this will be a great live service game and there's a there's a line of games behind you that are like yeah no you're gonna fall flat on your face you can't start there you have to get there strongly agree strongly agree with that coach gill is saying no no assassin's creed cannot become a live service game they massacred my boy I don't know, it might not be fair to say since I haven't played Valhalla. I tried to play Odyssey and it felt very bloated. I heard Valhalla was way worse so I never played it. Uh, AC Valhalla gameplay uh, has been criticized for that. It has. um, For that. And live service may be the antidote. Live service may be the antidote uh, you know uh, to this. Because that's how you can thin the game out in a healthy way. I'm not saying like thin it out in a, in, a, in a bad way. You thin it out in a good way. And then as you extend the experience, as you extend what folks can do and what folks can, can enjoy, it's more piecemeal and not so overwhelming. Not so, my gosh, <laughs> am I ever going to run out of anything to do? Is there ever going to be an end, you know? Is there no end? It makes sense. It makes sense to me. I see... I kind of like see the runway lights lighting up for Assassin's Creed here. And I'm just wondering how soon they'll be able to maybe either speak to it or create sort of a very clear picture of we're solving this problem. We're, we're addressing the community feedback on Valhalla in 2022 and here's how we're doing it that is the most that's the most to me the most interesting part about this is will that enable them to do that will it enable them to say we're addressing this and this and this and this and here's how we're doing it now they may not and here's why they might not they may say no The main criticism that that the game is too bloated and boring comes from a small pocket of players that are more committed. They're more long-standing franchise fans. Most of the player base plays more casually, and they don't give a frick about any of this. You're going to run into that problem of... We we always had this debate with Destiny, right? Most of the community lives in the public space in the strike playlist. They just play super casually. Assassin's Creed Valhalla could have a very, very similar community breakdown. Well, I mean, most of the players just just don't care about this. They're not passionate about this. They enjoy the story. They enjoy the cool new armor. You probably have some microtransaction whales in there. And that's fine. That's what we're looking for. That's that's a sustainable model, right? They might not be worried about the the Alistair the the uh, the Alistair Rosses of the world. 
Alistair Ross said this morning, put 300 hours into Origins, 200 hours into Odyssey, and I couldn't get past the 100 hour mark in this game. It just isn't, it's just boring. They might not care. To them, they might, you might not be there, there might not be enough of you to matter. They're like, well, that's a vocal minority, you know? That's fair. I can agree with that. I'm old school Creed more than new school. That's always the question. Are you being replaced, right? Are you being replaced? If it's a 70-30 split, they're going to go with the 70. If 70% of the audience is like, this is dope. It's fun. Engagement looks good. People are playing. Average engagement hours within this bracket of time are continuing to come back at healthy intervals. They're spending a decent amount of money on micros. They're buying the new stuff. Let's the this 70 the 70 is way more important than the 30, you know. They could do two different factions to choose to play as Templars or Assassins, two different questing lines and areas to play in, have open PvP cities, community fights for control. Oh, if they went like open world RPG, almost like a quasi MMO live service, well, yeah, certainly they, yeah, yeah, they could, they could certainly do that. That's the question is. Is that their ultimate goal? Is their ultimate goal that, or is it more, or is it more what we're talking about right here, launching a game that has sort of a base playground, iterating on it, adding to it, live service Assassin's Creed two or three years, and then a new one launches. That's the real question. Is the next Assassin's Creed simply called? Assassin's Creed generations, right? And they do some sort of it's this giant open RPG Assassin's Creed and the seasons or the annual update DLC is a generational shift in the game. Just all of a sudden the world changes. You know how they changed the map in Fortnite? I'm giving you gold here Ubisoft. They call it generations. And so every year the time period shifts and there's new armor, new enemies, new factions, the map gets completely updated, there's new stuff to invest in, right? Assassin's Creed Generations. Their attempt at a live service quasi sort of MMORPG Assassin's Creed. They take everything they learn from Valhalla about an ongoing Assassin's Creed experience with events and seasons and DLC and then you launch Assassin's Creed Generations in 2024 or 2025 and that game goes for a decade and you just you just keep cha- you just keep reusing your capital man reusing your capital That's way too much but I love the idea 5 years in it's a Hitman game <laughs> Yeah yeah Well that's how you would get into your you know your your era of uh, the samurai and your era of this you know and, and, if you love the look of the samurai and the samurai weapon kits and the samurai skill tree, you could always go back to that if you think that that's, you know, your favorite. Even if the time period changes, you could be roaming around, you know, yeah, the, something in like, I don't know, the late 1800s, you can just be roaming around as a, as a Viking, because you just love that look or whatever. See, what they could do, see, with Assassin's Creed Generations as an idea, is you would start out and this is where the fans the long-standing fans would love it you could start out the classic look so the first year would be a tribute 
to all the original sort of Assassin's Creed eras. You could look like Ezio, you know. You could look like Altair. You could look like the the, the early generations of the Assassins, and then the generations would shift. So you could look like Black Flag, you could look like Syndicate, you could work your way up through those generations, and then eventually you'd get to the point where it's new generations and new looks that you've never seen before like Samurai or something. Actually sounds sick. You could bring anything from the past with you to the future, but not the other way around of course. Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that that right there, that's, that's if you can build it, if you could build it, and that's conceivable, that once a year, the map switches, the enemies, the weapons, the generation, it shifts, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh wow, we're, we're, in, a new, we're in a new era now, with all these new things to do, you know? The last missions of AC Generations brought in during the final update of the 12th year, your character wakes up in the uh, Abstergo facility, and they mapped all your assassin moves and thoughts. Right, 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 right. That could be dope, man. That could be dope. You know? I should stop giving away really, really, really. I should just stop giving away ideas like this, you know? Like the Fortnite model? That's right. I played AC1 on release, and it was the most polished turd I ever played. Killed my enjoyment for the series. I didn't play again until Origins. I loved Origins. Wait, wait, wait. You played the original Assassin's Creed when it released and you thought it was bad? Really? It was like an unprecedented game. It was so new and fresh and awesome. That's funny that you think that. Came out of Lurk Mode to say that sounds sick. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope a dev is watching. <laughs> You can reach me at lono at sntrnetwork.com. You want to email me. We can do some consulting. I'll consult with you, UB. Ratchet. I'll sign NDAs. Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Ratchet believes Assassin's Creed could become live service. As long as it doesn't do it like Destiny. By that, I mean use main assets and story areas until they can make a brand new area. Uh, I don't think Battle Pass would work, though. Uh, It probably could, though. I would think it probably could. You just, you know, make put some dope stuff in there. Decorative, you know, transmog's already in Assassin's Creed. You know? I never touched the series because of that. The original was a buggy mess. Oh, was it? Here's, here's what happened with me in Assassin's Creed. So this is sort of my history with Assassin's Creed. I slept on the series... And around the time that Revelations came out, somewhere in between Revelations and 3, I think, I was like, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, and I got all this time. Let me let me check these games out. They were like, um, they were super, super uh, cheap. They had been discounted heavily. Uh, they had been discounted heavily. So I was like, let me, let, me, let me check this out. Let me show you this game out. And uh, I played way too much. I play I played way too much. I went from Assassin's Creed 1 right into 2, right into Brotherhood. When I got to Revelations, I was like I can't play another one right now. I I did too much. I did way way too much. You know what I mean? Assassin's Creed in a nutshell. Nutshell, jump on a few roofs, follow some music. Oh, shut up, Sally. <laughs> it was good beyond just how it looked 
Yeah, so by the time I played Assassin's Creed 1, I probably did not have the experience that some of you were describing. Um, that's, that's, that's possible, right? 81 meta, 7.6 user from, from, uh, from, for the OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it probably maybe was a slow burn. I went from 2 to AC1. It was rough. Oof. Oof. You never want to do that. You never want to go back. You never want to go back. If you get introduced to a franchise and people are like, oh man, you got to go back and play the first, they're lying to you. <laughs> they're lying to you, dude. No, you never go backwards. You know, never, ever go backwards. Um, this uh, These guys are not the best source as they don't always have RPG or FPS ETC players playing those games. So for assassins, you have to have, if you have an FPS player, not enjoying it. I have noticed some of these outlets that do lots of games and lots of game reviews. You watch the gameplay and you're like, has this person literally ever played a shooter before in their life? Like, what did they have the janitor coming and play? What is this? Like, how do you not have people that are sort of in this, in this vein to play and critique the game? AC1 was a solid game, but repetitive in its story design, but they fixed that in AC2 onwards. I remember getting to Brotherhood and being like, oh, yes! Like, they did so many good things by the time you got to Brotherhood. And then after that, I agree with what Top Reply is saying. For me, Brotherhood, the franchise turned and was so, so good. And then Black Flag, it turned and it was so, so good. And then Syndicate, Syndicate was shaky because like Syndicate was good and the setting was awesome, and the train was such a was such a cool idea, uh, but Unity really really helped like hurt Syndicate from getting anywhere. And then in walks Origins. Origins is my favorite. I think somebody asked a little bit ago like which is your favorite Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins. Bayek's my favorite. That story that world they added all the RPG stuff it was new, it was fresh it was an evolved Assassin's Creed I loved it, I absolutely loved it and so for me those are the the ones that stand out those are the ones that stand out it's like Brotherhood, then Black Flag Syndicate kind of and then Origins is just, oh my goodness this is so good for me they'll never top Ancient Egyptian I, I, I'm telling you, if we can get to where they're like, there's like a ninja era or like a samurai era, uh, <laughs> if they take a bunch out of, like, take some inspiration from Ghost of Tsushima for the hand to hand, they could have an amazing Assassin's Creed in the samurai era. Oh my gosh. It would be so good. Now, they'd have to be careful. Because they wouldn't want to constantly be compared to Ghost of Tsushima. Because Ghost of Tsushima, the hand-to-hand, that combat system is just inspired. Absolutely inspired. From the duels, to the standoffs, to the four styles, to the abilities. It, it, is, it, is, it is brilliantly built. From a, from a design standpoint, what they put into Ghost of Tsushima is just is absolutely brilliant. But they can take some inspiration from it. The sword play, the stances... Right, they could definitely do that. It's gonna happen anyway. There's no way around it. Yeah, I don't see how they don't do a, a samurai era of Assassin's Creed. Uh, that's gotta be a thing. 
Ghost kind of copied old school Assassin's Creed games? Eh, no. No. I would say Ghost of Tsushima with response to like moving around and stealth and sneaking and assassins and stuff, assassinations. I actually think it has more in common with Splinter Cell than Assassin's Creed. I think if you analyze how they set certain situations up and the stealth and the sneaking and the the you know the slow breathing thing you can do in Ghost of Tsushima, I find it to be more similar to to, to classic Splinter Cell than Assassin's Creed. I don't I don't think Ghosts I don't think Ghost of Tsushima pulls pulls that much from Assassin's Creed from where I sit. Um, I don't know. The the sneaking, the getting on the rafters, the dropping, the like you can kind of see people through the walls and stuff. Yeah. Personally hoping for an Aztec Mayan Assassin's Creed. Oh, that would be good. That would be really good. <laughs> Ghost reminds me of Tenchu. Let me play that. That reminds me, did Tunche Did Tunche ever come out? Tunche on Steam. Got to interview those guys. No, 2021 wish list. Planned release date. Yeah. Have they done any It doesn't look like they've done any updates or blog posts either. I got to interview him at E3. He was such a charming such a charming fellow. Uh, it's a, it's a shame the game hasn't come out yet. Um, I hear you on this one. That would be so dope. Assassin's Creed Ninja with ninja outfits. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ghost has nothing to do with Splinter Cell. What are you talking about? You've never played Splinter Cell? No, I played like all of the Splinter Cells. All of them. The sneaking and the assassinations when you play and sneak around... What I'm saying is, if you if you try to claim the sneaking and the climbing is borrowed or stolen from Assassin's Creed, I actually think there's more similarities to Splinter Cell. I'm not saying it's like Splinter Cell. I'm saying, if I was going to say I see similarities, similarities, right? I'm not saying copy. I'm saying similarities. I see more similarities to Splinter Cell than I do Assassin's Creed. Just because he's carrying a sword and a katana doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that it's 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 like Assassin's Creed. Uh, Five dollars from Christopher Wright. The statues in the basement of AC2 kind of showed you uh, where they could go with the different places. That's true. That's true. Thank you for the five dollar tip, sir. Uh, Black Flag kind of tied in Mayan culture, if I remember correctly. I don't remember that. Ghost is stolen from Assassin's Creed in a lot of areas. We all know it. No, we don't know it. I don't I don't see that at all. No. No, he is no. He's a samurai that everything in the everything in the fighting and the combat in Ghost of Tsushima is is so crafted around stances and reading what the guys are gonna do, parrying, targeting. It's not it doesn't feel anything like Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed combat was largely borrowed or largely similar to, especially once they started adding a lot of the different things you could do. It was very similar to Batman. It was very similar to Batman. There's more connection there than there is Ghost of Tsushima to Assassin's Creed. Absolutely not. No. The combat in Assassin's Creed was always so simplistic. You know, button mash, and then when you get the little spidey sense warning, you just you just parry. 
Not to mention they made those infamous games. They have plenty of experience with the open world. Yeah, 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 yeah. AC came out before Batman. No, 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 no. There's there was an Assassin's Creed that came out where they changed. They did a lot with the combat that clearly borrowed from Batman. It was kind of like they went back and forth. It was like Batman took what Assassin's Creed did, took some inspiration from it, and did cool stuff. And then the very next Assassin's Creed very clearly borrowed from some of the things they did in Batman. Think of it this way. Look at Ori in the Blind Forest and then Ori in the Will of the Wisps. What lands in between the two? Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight borrowed things from Ori in the Blind Forest but then did a bunch of cool things on its own. And then... Ori and the Will of the Wisps borrows from Hollow Knight. You see? So it's like Batman borrowed from AC and then AC borrowed from Batman. I mean, it's as plain as day. I forget which one it was, but it was like, oh man, this is straight out of Batman. This is straight out of Batman. So it's it's kind of a give and take. It's kind of a give and take. Seems like Ghosts is more like Sekiro. Yeah, I think Ghosts and Sekiro feel more similar than anything in Assassin's Creed. They changed the combat after AC3. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shadows of Mordor totally stole from Batman and AC. Oh, yep, yep. That was heavily, heavily borrowed from those two titles. Exactly, exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with a game borrowing from another and taking inspiration from another. For whatever reason, when I play Ghosts of Tsushima, I don't even smell a whiff of Assassin's Creed. I don't know why. Maybe it's the method of storytelling. Maybe it's the the honor shame and the island and 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 gin and like what i don't know i don't i don't think so. I, there's there's just something different there i'm not sure why i i don't see it i'm not saying that i couldn't see why somebody thinks that but to be like oh they stole so much from assassin's creed i'm like what no what do they steal i actually prefer shadow of mordor to the batman games oh really okay here was my issue here is my issue with Shadow of Mordor, okay? Here, here is my issue. They, the Nemesis system, they just kept replacing the guys that I killed. So I didn't quite understand that. And then the second thing that drove me crazy about the Nemesis system is I would go to fight a guy. Without fail, I'd go to fight a guy, and then another guy would show me like, You blinded me just the other day. And like his eye is like messed up. And I'm like, what? Why are you here? I'm trying to fight this guy. What? And then the second game, the second game, I wanted to do map completionism and I walked past a road and there was a guy like 10 levels above me. And people were like, oh no, no, yeah, you can't do that. You got to avoid these areas where there's guys that are a lot higher level than you. So it's not, it's not very, uh, it's not, it's not very uh, linear, right? You got to just avoid those areas. Well, it got super disruptive and annoying dying to people that were, like, way outside of my level. So I remember being like, that's not what I want to do. I want to clear the map before I move on. People were like, no, you can't do that. In Mordor's sequel, they were like, no. What was it? Shadow? Shadow of Mordor or whatever? I, it, was, it was like, I don't, that's not what I... I, I want to have some agency here. You're basically telling me to avoid significant portions of the very first area because I'm so beneath all these guys' level. And then one of them saw me and came and chased me and like shot me with a bow and I died. I was like, what? I was like, what? Why? I was like, leave me alone. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll admit something. I'll admit something. Back then, I was not a very 
uh, I wasn't very good at those types of games. Okay, I've 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 kind of cut my my combat teeth a little bit on I um, Jedi Fallen Order, turning up the difficulty, then Sekiro, then Demon Souls, then Dark Souls. Right? I've not beaten those games, but I've like okay, 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 okay. okay. These choppy waters make make the non-choppy waters a little bit uh, a little bit more accessible. So for all intents and purposes, I could probably go back to games like Shadow of Mordor or the first Mordor and probably play significantly better because I've played way harder games as of late and I've gotten better at those types of games, right? I don't... We have this conversation all the time. I put on like I'm a terrible, casual, awful player. And then I play Demon Souls and Dark Souls and people are like, you're doing better than I did. You're good at these games. I lack endurance. Fourth or fifth fail on the same boss... Madam Butterfly comes back to life and I'm like, throw the controller. Frick this, I'm out. Like, that's me. It's not a lack of skill. Psychologically, I can't get there. I'm just like, nope, I'm done. Nope. Sixth death, bye. And then like a week later, I'm like, I want to go back in there and beat that. Son of a... You know what I mean? Biome 3 has entered the chat. That's exactly the thing. I was good at... I was good at Returnal. I beat Biome 2 boss, I think, second try. Almost beat it first try. Right? Loved loved Returnal. Was actually pretty good at Returnal. Got to Biome 3. Couple of long prep sessions that ended in a quick death in Biome 3. Frick this, I'm out. I'm, I don't want to do this. I don't, I'm done. I'm, nope, no thank you. It's a matter of endurance. I can't do it. Now, funny enough, it's really funny. People always tell me I'm, I'm exaggerating, I'm overstating, I'm just making excuses. I said Biome 3 was significantly out of balance with respect to pacing and scaling. And they've recently pushed out a patch to address some of that. Now, I don't know if they went into any specific detail, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling Biome 3 is one of the places they set their sights. <laughs> because I was right. The pacing was off. Something was wrong. I, I, I have more endurance and more durability in Biome 2 boss fight than I do fighting, you know, rank and file enemies in Biome 3. What in the frick is this? Yeah. There are two types of Returnal players, those who beat the original and those who beat the patch. Oh, I know, I know. If I ever go back and beat it, people are like, well, yeah, you beat it now. They nerfed it. <laughs> Bunch of gatekeepers. Returnal just got a patch of binds, binds. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just stream delay. Speaking of Jedi Fallen Order, I'm going another playthrough after the update. I'm on the Series S. It probably looks better on the Series X PS5, but still beautiful. Also, it feels a lot smoother. It's not as clunky. I've got it on my Series X. I'll have to download the update and check it out. I was playing it with my kiddos. Does that mean you're going to go back and beat it? I Probably not. No. Probably not. <laughs> no. No. Probably not. Probably not. Hey, if you're still with us this morning, tons of new folks here this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure and take our poll. I'll give you results on the poll in just a second. I'm also going to be going down through the AC Valhalla huge changes, and we do have some micro news topics as well. There's a Ubisoft Star Wars game. Ubisoft's been given the rights to make a giant, awesome, super dope Star Wars game, and I'm going to tell you why they got that contract. Cyberpunk's returning to the Sony store on Monday, and apparently, according to Todd Howard, Starfield's better off without Sony, and we're going to talk about why. So make sure you're here for that. Don't go anywhere. Hit like and subscribe and the bell button. Last comment here. Well, not last comment, but one more comment here from the poll. Uh, Yes, Assassin's Creed could become a live service game, but it doesn't have to be. No one said it has to be completed all at once. Take your time and enjoy. 
Well, uh, I would say AC Valhalla gameplay feedback should be considered, though. I think it should be considered. When so many people are saying similar things about it's boring, there's too much, the map's too dense, they gotta consider that. Now, the poll has switched. The poll has switched. So if you took our poll, 239 votes, alright? AC Valhalla is kind of our springboard here. Can Assassin's Creed become a live service game? Why or why not? And it is now basically a 50-50 split. But more people are saying no. 53% are saying no, can't. 47 are saying yes. Uh, margin of error, 6% difference between there, right? I guess there's no margin of error. You guys just all voted. But it's, it's, it's very, very close to a 50-50 split. Mo- there is not a majority rule here. Mo- most people are saying no, but it's, it's, it's not by much. So if you haven't taken our poll yet, take our poll. That is a uh, that is available right now. Asking that question, we've been discussing it most of the morning. And thank you to all the new people that were here. Make sure and smash like. Make sure and smash subscribe. Um, and as typical, man, we 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 cross over that two hour threshold. I <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. You two, it's not you guys, by the way. Chat's been lively and lovely, and the, and the poll is doing great. It's not you guys. I'm looking at the back end. YouTube does something after two hours. They were giving us some primo, primo love and momentum, and then all of a sudden it's like two hours. That like they just like stop. So if you're one of the new people that found the stream today through suggested or through search, I appreciate that. Thanks for being here. You do need to be uh, a subscriber to talk in chat. That's totally free, by the way. We are going to be shifting to some Q&A. We are going to be shifting to some Q&A about any of the subjects you see on screen. Now, that is a members-only thing. One of the reasons that we make that members-only is we do want to start to give some perks and benefits to membership because we would like to see the member count get up closer to about a thousand members we're in the mid 800s right now uh channel members get increased uh increase increased luck oh my gosh they get increased access in the discord uh and they can take part in q a when it takes place okay the q a can center around anything we've got we've got all the various topics so the lead topic okay the lead topic is um, AC Valhalla. All right. So if you've got questions about AC Valhalla, that's our that's our lead topic. And then we've got our micro topics underneath of that. First and foremost, the uh, Ubisoft Star Wars would be uh, the next the next one. Ubisoft Star Wars. Uh, well, we're going to comb through that announcement and we're going to tell you why they got the rights to make the next Star Wars game. Then we got. Uh, Cyberpunk Sony Cyberpunk Sony coming back to the Sony store that's actually on Monday we are planning on playing that game uh, on Monday and then Starfield Starfield no Sony is the next one Todd Howard with some interesting remarks about what happened for them and why he feels so good about that game being a Sony only title right Members get luck plus 10. That's right. That's right. Um, creature. I don't have a Q and a 
image just yet for the post. I'll do the post when I get back. Here's what we're going to do. If you are a member and you would like to submit questions, Q&A is now open. When I get back, somebody says, what are the changes in Valhalla? I'm going to tell you. We are going to comb through the huge changes, not just for Valhalla, but for the coming years. And then we'll comb through all those other news segments. All right. I'm going to quickly use the restroom. So while I do that, while I do that, you can submit your questions, hit like, and subscribe. Don't go anywhere. When I come back, we'll break this down, all the other news segments, and then we'll shift to Q and a for the second half of the show. Paid members questions. Uh, questions are now being taken. You can submit them in the Discord or YouTube chat using the question command, and I will be right back.
Ugh. Okay. Alright, you guys may get inspired uh, for questions after we comb through the news and the announcements. We don't record it anymore, so... Ugh. It's chill if it doesn't happen. Okay. Let us chop this up here. Let me get a timestamp for people to come back later. We'll do this at 2.35. This is going to be the updates and everything going on and why I think this is leading to live service. Uh, They're leading the franchise uh, to live service. This was the start, and this is the AC Valhalla section. Yeah, Cher doesn't want to talk to you, Zubair. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be my breakdown of the big changes coming to AC Valhalla, and it's Assassin's Creed becoming live service permanently or long term we're going to break down a lot of the announcements from ubisoft forward that i think indicate and point to that if you like these quick news breakdowns over here on sntr shorts where i upload them sntr presents is the main channel if you want to come watch live so this was reported by GameSpot, but before GameSpot reported on this i took notice during ubisoft forward during our e3 coverage we did our live co-stream we were breaking down all the announcements from ubi and it really, really felt like this was a pretty big change and a pretty big diversion from their, their strategy up to now. Even with AC Odyssey, this felt different and not a lot of people picked up on it. And now, more than ever, I think people need to pay attention to this being a pretty big change. So this is reported by GameSpot. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's second expansion, The Siege of Paris, was further detailed during during Ubisoft's E3 2021 forward livestream on June the 12th. It takes players to France a few years after the main game's events. During the livestream, Ubisoft revealed that the expansion will see the return of black box style missions, which were first introduced in Assassin's Creed Unity, and they tasked players with accomplishing a specific goal, like assassinating a target, but then let go of the player's hand, allowing them to figure out how to accomplish the goal on their own. Now, these types of missions were also in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but they've been dropped uh, in Origins, and they've not returned since. So that is returning. So that's like good news. That's kind of basic news, like, hey, here's your DLC. Here's something that's going to be returning. But that's not all they had to say. More with Odin. So GameSpot continues to report here. The presentation also hinted at additional expansions for Valhalla following the Siege of Paris with one focusing on Odin scheduled to release later this year. Now, if you've been paying attention, it's clear Ubisoft apparently now has plans to go beyond the original DLC schedule and the season pass. Originally, Wrath of the Druids and Siege of Paris were the only planned pieces of season pass. Now, this is in addition to The Legend of Beowulf, which that was playable at launch. So if you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla from the very beginning and you got the season pass, that sort of looked like that's your extra year of content, that's your extra stuff. You get you get Wrath of the Druids, which just came out. Siege of Paris is right around the corner. You already had a chance to play Legend of Beowulf. Now Ubisoft Forward made it very clear Odin was not done with respect to the story and narrative, but they also pointed the plans beyond 2021 and this is what we discussed this morning in my stream can assassin's creed as a franchise become a live service game and people were saying well valhalla kind of already is 
is it becoming even more so and is that something they plan on doing long term in relation to this isn't just something they'll be doing with Valhalla it might be something they'll be doing they'll be doing with the franchise long term so 2022 plans according to pushsquare.com the big news here is that support for the game will continue quote well into 2022 additional expansions are in development with a teaser for a mystical looking DLC shown at the end of the video that they they debuted during Ubisoft Forward this is a big change in a departure that Ubisoft mentioned but they didn't focus on too heavily they really didn't they, they said it kind of in passing so unless you were really paying attention you probably missed them saying this this is from CBR.com. In the past, new main series Assassin's Creed installments have been supported for about a year with DLC missions and story expansions that maintain that game's style. For instance, Assassin's Creed Odyssey received the Fate of Atlantis DLC, which offered a new map and story segment for the protagonist. Now, Ivor, Ivor, however you say the name, I, I, I've not played it, I'm playing it today. Their adventures will continue into a second year. This affects a handful of things. Number one, it affects timing for the next title. That means they're not going. Now, they've already indicated they don't want to do the annual release anymore, and that's how the DLC buffer was helping. This is continuing beyond that. Apparently, it's pronounced Avor. This is continuing beyond that into 2022. This could be the beginnings of the franchise becoming live service, and they're going to experiment with Valhalla. Apparently, they've had good results, which would indicate why they're making this pivot and change with with the services, with the events, and with the DLC. The question is, can live service work? More and more games are deciding that a live service approach for their game can help continue for a few reasons. I broke it down this morning and essentially said a live service enables a company to do two things. Get more revenue and get more refinement. Okay, First, you can maintain the player base and revenue, but also it can actually land in the midst of good quality of life changes and updates based on player feedback. So the player feedback brings the refinement and the refinement fuels the revenue. If the game is getting better and improving and becoming a more holistic game, that is a reason to continue playing as well as giving more money to the company. Obviously, not every game fits into a model that can be continually updated and added to, but games like Assassin's Creed with massive maps and arguably too much to do are perfect games for updates and additions like this with new story elements. One of the main complaints about Assassin's Creed over the years, and especially Valhalla, the map's too full. There's too much to do. I'm overwhelmed. You can spread that out, make the game a whole lot more accessible and palatable at launch, and then turn it into a live service game for years to come. Time will tell if this new approach helps both the current Assassin's Creed title, but also, will it help with the next title, given that this should help create a larger buffer window of development cycle for the next big Assassin's Creed launch? Let me know what you think below, and if you like these short video game news videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. So, if you are a paying member and you have questions about everything I just covered, you can submit a question right now in chat or in Q&A. I'm sorry, in chat or in the Discord. We will be starting Q&A very, very shortly. I'm going to make sure and go get a post up so that way folks can get here if they are members. Uh, Let's see. Q&A. Hang on. What is happening? Q&A. Uh, is starting 
about the subjects below. And this needs to be a members-only post. Uh, let me get the link for everybody. General chat. Live image, select an image. Thank you so much. This is a good one, Creech. This is a good one. Say preview. AC Valhalla, Star Wars, Ubisoft, Starfield, Cyberpunk. Members only. Q&A is starting. Oh, Q&A. Let's just do... Q&A is live on the subjects below. And post. And then we can ping the Discord as well. We can ping the Discord as well. Alright, so this is an opportunity for you to get your daily dose, to get your daily dose of, uh, of gaming news. Um, yeah, and apparently, we will be covering the Microsoft stream tomorrow. I tweeted about it. Ninja Theory will be there for behind-the-scenes development of Hellblade 2, which I am very excited about. Microsoft tweeted, I retweeted it. 343 will be there. Double Fine, Ninja Theory, Obsidian, Playground Games, Rare, World's Edge, plus talented dev partners. We will be covering that live tomorrow. Uh, It is at 1 p.m. Eastern. That feels like a redirect. 1 p.m. Eastern? I did not realize it was that late in the day, creature. Let's talk about that later. Um, That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's later than we thought. I think we were thinking 11. If it's 1 p.m. Eastern, that's... That's prime. That's prime real estate for a twelve o'clock, twelve thirty. You know, redirect thirty-minute countdown. You know. Um. All right. Let us let us quickly go through some of these other stories for you. This is a great way for you to tune in every day and get more than just one topic, but multiple. All right. Let me go at two forty-four thirty. You guys can submit questions about any of these topics. By the way. AC Valhalla or any of the things I'm about to talk about as long as you are a paying member you can submit those questions <clears throat> yeah they're doing another showcase tomorrow it's basically like an extended an extended showcase yeah 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 <clears throat> hey thanks for clicking on the video this one's going to be about a Ubisoft Star Wars game that they just secured the rights to make and it's interesting how it happened so make sure and watch the whole video if you're listening to this on my other channel the SNTR Shorts channel and you like short gaming news subscribe to the bell button hit like button and there's a link below where I do my live streams over at SNTR Presents where I recorded this Game Rant reported on this now if you missed Ubisoft's forward stream maybe you saw the trailer separately so you this is Ubisoft here doing their own thing during E3 and they showcase something that's pretty significant in their securing of this contract so this is from Game Rant their E3 2021 showcase gave gamers around the world a teaser of what to finally expect from Avatar Frontiers of Pandora now before that Ubisoft Massive was confirmed to be helming an open world Star Wars game earlier this year so this announcement isn't necessarily new but they secured this for a particular reason while details about the Star Wars project are probably further out now SVP of Disney Games Sean Shoptaw revealed that Disney was convinced to let Ubisoft Massive helm the open world Star Wars game after following its first meeting with the developer so they have one meeting with Ubisoft Massive and they're like oh you're making the Star Wars game this is great 
and it's not just because of their vision for Star Wars it has something to do with what they showed at Ubisoft Forward astonishingly the topic of a new Star Wars IP wasn't even the primary objective for Disney's meeting with Ubisoft Massive the meeting happened back in 2019 when Disney had recently acquired Fox as a result of the merger the company wanted to meet with Ubisoft to discuss the already in development Avatar project it was that meeting that led to the development of the Star Wars game this tells me two things two things the Avatar game is probably going to be pretty dope okay pretty good <laughs> if it imp- if it impressed disney and it's so good ubisoft massive is also going to get the to make the star wars game so there could be similarities between the games and their attempt to deliver a movie style movie genre video game so both games can end up being really really good we hope we hope obviously i'm, I'm presuming on the decision making here being confident in what they saw in an interview with IGN, Shoptop went into further detail about what swayed Disney in favor of Ubisoft Massive creating the open-world Star Wars game. According to Shoptop, the creative passion and synergy they had between the two entities regarding Star Wars IP served as a natural progression to Ubisoft taking over as a developer. As of now, there is no telling how much of an influence Avatar Frontiers of Pandora will have on the open-world Star Wars game. Let me say a word about that. My biggest concern about Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is the fact that it's a first-person game. As soon as I saw gameplay or in-engine whatever that was of Pandora, of of Avatar, I thought, that is so much like Horizon Zero Dawn. That's going to be an amazing game. First-person might be a little awkward, might be a little weird. I'm not a fan of those types of games being first-person. I love first-person shooters, but action-adventure games tend to play better, at least in my opinion, third-person so you can see your character. I, for one, would really want to see another third-person Star Wars game. Why? The lightsaber combat. I need to see my guy. I need to see him pushing force and pulling force and slicing up. That, I think, would be a requirement, which would be a pretty big diversion from what they're doing for Avatar. One thing for certain, according to this article, is there's a lot riding on the success of Frontiers of Pandora. On the other hand, James Cameron's team shared the same level of trust in Ubisoft Massive as Disney, loaning a lot of credibility to the developer. Not to mention, the E3 2021 reveal showed that Ubisoft is taking steps in the right direction. So, if you enjoyed this short gaming news video, make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. I just, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine a Star Wars game being first person unless it's pure shooter. Unless it's pure shooter, I can't imagine it working. That would be my biggest concern. So remember guys, Q&A is open if you have questions about any of these topics that we're covering. Use the question command to submit your questions as long as you're a paying member. You can do that in the chat or in the Discord. Um, the next story and we're probably going to dive back into this next week and also even consider checking out playing the game for you guys Cyberpunk is indeed finally returning to the Sony store and it's right around the corner Monday and we're going to cover it probably again uh, probably again Monday so this one is that'll be the first time I've ever played the game by the way so we'll go at 250 for this one. Can I pay you in trident layers? No. Sorry. 
Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This one's going to be about Cyberpunk 2077 finally returning to the Sony store, and it is just around the corner. If you like these short video gaming news segments, please remember to hit subscribe and the bell button, as well as consider checking out my live stream over at SNTR Presents. So, PC Gamer reported on this. Now, it got sort of leaked, not leaked, but like all of a sudden everyone was saying uh, what you're going to hear in the front half of this story, and then the official date was revealed later. Earlier today, so this was yesterday, June 15th, six months after its removal, IGN noticed that Cyberpunk 2077 was once again listed on the PlayStation Store only for wishlisting, not for purchase. And now, CD Projekt Red has confirmed it will return in full next week. This is the quotation here from the company. The management board of CD Projekt Red SA with a registered office in Warsaw hereby publicly discloses the decision by Sony Interactive Entertainment to reinstate the availability of the digital edition of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation Store effective 21st June 2021. So that is just around the corner. We plan on covering this more in depth that day as well as playing Cyberpunk on PC just to kind of check out just how far the game has come. I've actually not played it yet. So, this is good news for fans of the game, but also good news for CD Projekt Red to climb out of this pit. It's been very, very bad for the game. A lot of loss of revenue, bad for their reputation, massive loss of, uh, of like stock and share value. This has not been a very, very good endeavor for them, and not being in the Sony store was actually playing a pretty significant role in that. According to CD Projekt Red, it was sort of hurting their standing even on the other platforms, PC and Xbox. Now, the, the article continues. It's a very dry, all-business announcement, but it's a big deal for CD Projekt Red. In its most recent quarterly report, the company made no bones about the importance of getting back to the PlayStation Store, saying that the financial results of the CD Projekt Red division, quote, will significantly depend on the sales volume of games set in the Cyberpunk and Witcher universes. This is related to the parallel development announcement that they made uh, end of, I think it was like end of last year, or maybe early this year. Going into 2022, they will be developing two titles side by side. We have a Witcher 4 video where we speculated the launch window of Witcher 4, knowing that both games will be in development very, very soon, starting in 2022. Now, this is this is big because Cyberpunk they don't they're not done with it yet but they also have other properties they want to invest in so they can't only sit here and play the game of repairing Cyberpunk the continued release of updates of free DLC and the return of Cyberpunk 2077 in the store, this is going to be affected on those two factors for Cyberpunk 2077 sales. They are very, they are very, very related. Now, at the end of May, Kaczynski reiterated his promise to turn Cyberpunk 2077 around, saying that, quote, we intend to live up to what we promised. Now, even though the game has now been out for half a year, he said that nearly half of the development team is still working on either the current releases of the upcoming or the next-gen editions. Keep in mind, there is still, there is still not a next-gen version of this game. So this is kind of like step one, get it back in the Sony store, and then next up, you gotta get that next-gen version out for the people that own the Xbox Series X, the Series S, and the PS5. Unfortunately, the return of Cyberpunk 2077 to the PlayStation Store does not mean that its problems are over, and Sony already warns that PC4 PS4 users are likely still going to have problems with performance. If you get the game right now on the Xbox Store, it warns you that there are performance issues known on the original Xboxes as opposed to the new next-gen consoles. So, 
If you enjoy these really, really short gaming news videos, hit the subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. Hopefully Witcher 4 is next-gen only, I can imagine by then. Yeah, I, I bet you to be next-gen only. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think they would play around with what happened to Cyberpunk. I would think they would try and play around with that again. Um, I, 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 that, that, that's obviously opinion. That's obviously upsetting the people, um, you know, that are like not wanting games to be next-gen only, but I would wager to say yes, that's probably true. Um, Eugene says it still shouldn't be on console stores. Yeah. If you guys have questions about what I just covered with Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red, or, you know, should it be in the stores or not, you can use the question command or the Q command if you're a paying member to submit questions. We're going to get beginning into Q&A shortly. Uh, we will be getting into Q&A shortly about all these topics. The AC Valhalla big changes, Star Wars Ubisoft, Starfield, Cyberpunk. We are about to do the Starfield story next. Starfield, no Sony. No Sony. And Todd Howard had, had some remarks about that. That, uh, is this just PR fluff? Is this just PR fluff? Or, uh, is there more to what he's saying here? Uh, about not being on Sony. Uh, let's go 256. 256. We're gonna leave this up to you, and then obviously you guys can submit questions. <coughs> thanks for the question guys there's already six in queue so if you're a paying member get them in now hey thanks for clicking on the video this one's going to be about Starfield not being on Sony and why Todd Howard thinks that's going to be really really good for the game if you clicked on this video and you enjoy these quick gaming news videos over here on SNTR Shorts. Hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these vids, or you can check out my main channel where we stream live every day of the week. Now, WCCF Tech reported this. When Bethesda and Microsoft announced that the $7.5 billion deal would eventually bring the former into the latter's fold, PlayStation gamers were immediately started fearing they'd be left behind in upcoming titles like Starfield and The Elder Scrolls Six. It turns out their worries were well-founded as Starfield was confirmed at E3 2021 to be a targeted release for PC and the Xbox Series S and X consoles, leaving Sony out of the picture. Now, how does Bethesda executive producer feel about abandoning such an important part of the fan base? Because Sony consoles are in high saturation. PS5 is the fastest selling console in US history and will likely, by the time Starfield comes out in November of 2022, that's their proposed launch date. By the time November of 2022 comes out, there's going to be a lot of people with PS5s. So, in another chat with The Telegraph, this is what he said about being able to focus on developing and creating better games. So, uh, let's see. I, I copied and pasted the same thing twice. Oh my gosh. I'm an idiot. We have to stop recording. How did I do that? You guys are going to have to give me a second. I've never done that before. Uh, Todd Howard. I copied his text last night. It was like a whole new text box. How'd that get reverted? I copied the same block of text twice? Give me a second, chat. Sorry, sorry, professional streamer here. Um, I have never done that before. 
King of the One Take. I copied the same text twice. Gee, many Christmas. King of the One Take, no more. King of the One Take, no more. Uh, view all micro news. Sort by date. It just works. That's right. Man, I was cruising too. That one felt really good. That one felt so good. He does this for a living, right? Shut the frick up. All right, here we go. Okay. I'm going to give myself buffer at the bottom. I probably won't need this, but I'm going to put more text at the bottom too in case I need it. You got this. Oh, thank you for being here, Harlos. Thank you. Okay. There we go. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what it's supposed to look like. Okay. Holy boy. All right, let me delete that video so I don't accidentally upload that. That would be even worse. <laughs> upload the one like, oh, what the heck? <clears throat> okay, there we go. Oh my. Okay, let's get a new timestamp. We'll go at three on the nose. Three hours on the nose. (laughs) You are recording, not a streaming thing? Well, I just messed up the thing last night. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This one's going to be about Starfield not being on the Sony PlayStation platform and what Todd Howard had to say about that, helping the game's design and development. If you're watching this on my other channel, SNTR Shorts is an upload. Hit subscribe and the bell button if you like these short gaming news videos or check out SNTR Presents, my main channel, where I do all the live streams. So this was reported by WCCF Tech. When Bethesda and Microsoft announced the $7.5 billion deal that would eventually bring the former into the latter's fold, PlayStation gamers immediately started fearing they would be left behind when titles like Starfield and The Elder Scrolls 6 finally launched. Now it turns out their worries were well founded. Officially announced during E3 2021, Starfield was confirmed to be releasing for PC, Xbox Series S, and the Xbox Series S and X consoles. Now how does Bethesda, executive producer, feel about abandoning such an important part of the fan base? Because This game's launch date, according to the E3 video that they put out, is November the 11th of next year, 2022. By then, there'll be a lot more PS5s in circulation, and they will not be able to buy this game. Like, what does that mean for this game's success commercially, as well as what do the fans think? Well, what's Todd Howard think? Here's his quote. Pick a side, meaning PlayStation? Is that what you mean? Well, a little bit. So he's talking about picking a side, like who they ended up developing the games for and who they ended up going with. You don't ever want to leave people out, right? At the end of the day, your ability to focus and say, this is the game I want to make, 
these are the platforms I want to make it on and being able to really lean in on those is going to make for a better product by focusing on those platforms you really get to lean in a lot on making it the best it can be for those systems and we're big believers in all the avenues that Xbox and Microsoft are going to get games to more people whether that's the integration with the PC which is huge for us this could be streaming and all those other things so I think it's about taking a long term view and our belief that those things are really fundamentally good so we see it actually opening up more and more and more so that people's ability to play our games via Game Pass and other things their ability to play our games doesn't go down it goes up dramatically and I can say I'm proud to be part of Xbox I think it's great for the community of gamers. Now, this could be fluff and PR sort of, I got to talk about how it's great to work with Xbox because they just bought us for seven and a half billion dollars. Okay. But there is some sense to what he's saying. If you make a game for a single platform or platform funnel, it can be very, very good for quality of the game as well as, was he saying, opening up the PC and getting lots more people playing the game. The Bethesda Game Studios executive producer might have a point here, according to the article. PC and Xbox are extremely similar nowadays, not only in terms of hardware, but software as well. They use essentially the same DirectX API made by Microsoft. PlayStation, on the other hand, has its own specific and very different API that Bethesda will not have to worry about anymore from now on. In a way, the success of Sony's first-party titles is also a confirmation that focusing on one platform can really be a blessing for many developers. While PC and Xbox are still two different platforms, they're as close as they could possibly get. And this could be a benefit for a developer with less than stellar technical expertise like Bethesda Game Studios. Starfield launches November 11th, 2022, powered by the new Creation Engine 2. So there is sense to what's being said here. If you play a game like God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, you can clearly see when a game is built specifically for the Sony platform, they look and run beautifully. In fact, those game titles are one of the main reasons why Cyberpunk running so poorly on old-gen consoles isn't a great excuse because some of the biggest and most beautiful games ran perfectly fine on the Sony PlayStation. According to Todd Howard, Pivoting over to Xbox and PC is going to be really, really good for Starfield, and time will tell. If you like this video and short gaming news videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. There we go. Okay, let me get Q&A cropped. You guys have already submitted a lot of questions. Thank you for that. Greatly appreciate you guys doing that. And we should be able to do this. There we go. First question going to be about AC Valhalla. So this is a new segment that we do now, second half through the show. If you are if you are a paying member, you got a little post uh, basically announcing it. Basically announcing it. And uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this coming back and returning Uh, It's sort of meant to enliven the second half of the show a little bit. So that members-only post goes out about halfway through the show. We also change the thumbnail in the hopes that people see a live Q&A and maybe consider coming in and joining us for the discussion about AC Valhalla, Star Wars, Ubisoft, Starfield, and Cyberpunk 2077 coming back to the the Sony store. I think it's all corporate BS. They had a PlayStation version being worked on and they just scrapped it. 
Right, and the development time they were taking working on that, they now don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? You know? It, 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 it's like, hey, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to worry about their API, their platform, their operating system. We're, we're building for an, one operating system, one API, one direct... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Now, Dracus Panda's got a question about live service. We were talking about AC Valhalla potentially becoming live service. You liken devs going full live service uh, from the get-go as throwing a dart in the dark. Which games have pulled it off, and how do they succeed where so many fail? I actually don't know of a game other than the Elder Scrolls Online that immediately set out to be live service and succeeded at doing it. We have more examples of rocky launches and failures. Because, like, The Division wasn't meant to be live service, and even it struggled to mimic the endgame play extension thing that Destiny did they tried to do it and it was freaking rocky in Division 1 Anthem fell flat on its face it just didn't go anywhere right even the Division 2 from the very get go tried to set out to be live service and it just did not go very well at all now I know it's in a better state now but there aren't that many games that from the get go were like we're doing live service and knocked it out of the park There's, there's so few games that have pulled it off Elder Scrolls Online was one of the few that got listed this morning. We thought of more games that either struggled or completely flopped in their efforts to do it. I even gave the example. I even gave the example. I said, look at look at Outriders. If Outriders would have set its sight on being live service and and you know launching a base game, they'd be in an absolute worse state right now. They'd be in an even worse state. Destiny, again. Destiny is kind of an anomaly, isn't it? Destiny wanted to launch a game that would continue and drip feed out content and be ongoing. This is why Joseph Staten's Supercut got rejected, okay? Joseph Supercut gets rejected. They don't want to do it that way. They don't think that's the appropriate way to do it. So what do they do? They say, all right, we're, we're going to chop the game up and drizzle out uh, we're going to drizzle out, you know, DLCs. Truth be told, Destiny really was not even a live service game, I would say, until the seasonal format hit later in Destiny 2's life cycle. Destiny 1 did not feel like a fully operating live service game until they got away from the the uh, the DLC format with droughts, right? So their first year is incredibly rocky and they don't even land the plane until well into the life of Destiny 2's life cycle. So I would say if you're going to try and do what they did, boy oh boy, you better hope you got a pretty loyal and ravenous fan base because if not, we wouldn't even be talking about that freaking game right now. We wouldn't. If that would have been made, if, if, if that game would have been made by anybody else, if Destiny would have been developed by anybody else, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. It would have. It wouldn't have survived its first year. It'd have been done. Stick a fork in it. Over. It survived because of the name attached to it and its initial sales. Its initial commercial success is one of the main reasons they were able to continue going. There's no way it would have survived otherwise. Their contractual obligations would have been the only reason you'd have seen or heard anything of it if Activision was the publisher still. <coughs> it wouldn't have had the commercial success that it had with any other developer. I don't think. This is one of the reasons I think Halo Infinite has so much potential from a multiplayer perspective. Why? That fan base, dude. 
that freaking Halo fan base. It, it is so big. It's so big, it's so long-standing. I mean, I, I, I genuinely think that's one of the reasons Infinite going free multiplayer, I, I just, man, there's something there. I, 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 told, I told Creature last night, man, my spidey sense is tingling on that. There is, my gut is telling me there is something special there that is gonna that is gonna turn a tide for for people i'm telling you something special and and again and again a lot of that has to do with the developer and the name and the history at the time if any other developer what is going on if any other developer would have tried to do what destiny did i just don't think it would have worked the first year they had such a dramatic player drop-off, so much criticism, so much anger, so much hate. Most most companies would not have been able to endure it. I mean, I would say look at Anthem as an example, right? Anthem is a perfectly good example of a game that had good content loop, nice graphics, you know, good combat, you know, it's good combat, but they did not have the ravenous player base and the commercial success to sustain it. They had to, they had to eventually cut the whole project and be like, we're done. They essentially tried to do what Destiny did. Launch a half-baked product with live service in their mind and then and then it's over. No, sorry. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This this approach with Assassin's Creed that I feel we we sort of have deduced it today. This is this is my theory. They will spend 2022 converting Valhalla into a fully functioning live service Assassin's Creed sandbox world whatever, okay? And then that will be the groundwork and the foundation for whatever the next big Assassin's Creed launch is. Now, I theorized about how good it would be to have like an open world RPG Assassin's Creed that you call it Assassin's Creed Generations and then every 12 months the world and the map and the enemies and the armor and all the stuff that you can work on, earn and do switches from one generation to the next. You start with the beginning, Ezio's era, Templars and all that and you work your way through the generations every year. They could have an online quasi-MMORPG live service game in Assassin's Creed for 10 years and just call it Assassin's Creed Generations. And you take everything you learn from Valhalla and their expansion live service DLC event-oriented content structure and then you just bring that to a brand new game. And then every year, if you want to continue to look like the original generation or the next generation, whatever generation of Assassin's Creed is your favorite, maybe it's Black Flag, whenever that year finally rolls around, you can earn all those weapons, all that gear, fight all those fights. The whole map would change the way they do in Fortnite. You build a massive world, and then since you have pre-existing assets, it's easier to update that world on an annual basis. The enemies change, the, 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 the lay of the land, it's like the game gets terraformed, generationally terraformed. Now, I don't know what part of the world you could go to where this would work, because it would be kind of weird, like you're always in the same area and the buildings are just changing or whatever. So they'd have to consider that. They'd have to consider that. <clears throat> but something like that could certainly become a reality, and Valhalla could be the bridge to get there. 
The next question from Mike Faz. If they do go live service, would you prefer them to add a shared world type multiplayer or keep it single player? I would say there's there's a danger of going too far away from what makes Assassin's Creed so good. If you get too far away from this, <coughs> you're going to have people saying, "Well, this isn't You already we had people just this morning saying it it doesn't even feel like Assassin's Creed anymore." Right? I would say you'd go 70-30 split on this. 70% of what you do, let's let's just use my idea with Assassin's Creed Generations. 70% of it should be basically enjoyable, playable, and built around the idea of somebody playing by themselves. And then 30% could be... You, you know, have you seen the, the gameplay footage of um, that Robin Hood game? The Hood game where you go in with four people? Or if you've seen any of the uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends gameplay? You would do stuff like that that you could play with other people. Almost like uh, like raids... Not raids like in Destiny, but like a raid on like a uh, on like a fortress or something. You could bring that. You could also bring maybe the PvP thing they did for a while. But I think you'd want to be like 70-30. The bulk of what you would do and experience in Assassin's Creed, I think, would still need to hover around being a single-player adventure. A, I am this person, this guy, this gal, this whatever, and I'm doing all this awesome stuff. And I, I would say that would appeal to both the long-standing fans as well as well as uh, as the fans of the franchise that are new in recent years. The draw and the appeal of Assassin's Creed is you feel awesome and you do awesome stuff and you're you're making these dialogue decisions and choices and who you back and who you don't and you can't take that away, right? Yeah, like Wildland style co-op, maybe, maybe. I would think they'd want to mimic a little bit more of what they do in Ghost of Tsushima Legends or that Hood game because that feels more in line with the style of Assassin's Creed. Wildlands was actually kind of, I think like Wildlands was kind of sloppy and didn't know what it wanted to be. It's like, is it an open world game? Is it a third person shooter game? Is it a cover based game? Because the cover based mechanics in Wildlands were friggin' terrible. Just terrible. So, next uh, question from Top Reply: If AC goes to seasonal format, you think it would take too much away from the initial game? The real AC fans are map clearers, and that's what we enjoy. This is where they have to straddle the line between maintaining the fans and their identity, and iterating on a new style or a new format or a new approach. You know what I'm saying? You, you've got to be really careful here and we talked about this with Halo recently if you branch out way, way too far from your core from your identity from your core competencies you run the risk of people being like, I don't even know what this game is anymore, right? I don't, I don't even know what game I'm playing and you lose that core audience you also have to consider there is a significant amount of people right now that are playing Assassin's Creed who became a fan during Origins, Odyssey, or Valhalla. And they're like, oh, this is great. You gotta be real careful. If you if you completely gut what, what brought them into the game, then you're really, really gonna lose your momentum. 
because there are people right now that have been playing Assassin's Creed since the beginning there's people that have been playing it more recently and you've got to maintain some of what's already there or like you're saying if if it takes too much away from the initial game of feeling like well there's an initial gameplay experience a story there's an antagonist there's there's bad guys there's good guys there's people along the way to help you you know with your with your kit and your gear if they take too much of that out of the game then you're going to you're going to struggle i think to maintain a player base cuz people would feel like it really isn't even the game they fell in love with whether they fell in love with it in the recent years or years before that's always a risk with franchises continuing we had this discussion this morning right like well it doesn't even feel like assassin's creed anymore well if they just kept making assassin's creed to feel and look like exactly like what it was before then you're, I don't think we'd be talking about it. I think it would have run its course and they would have just stopped making them. Like, Black Flag was a huge departure from t- traditional Assassin's Creed. It's one of the most praised ones. For me, Origins was the next. It was like, this is a big, big departure from the sort of traditional Assassin's Creed. A Syndicate, Syndicate was also a pretty big departure, I felt, from a traditional Assassin's Creed feeling game. But it, 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 Syndicate didn't do as well or get as much praise because it was it was too close to Unity. Unity really really hurt the franchise for a while. I I see Assassin's Creed Origins as almost the rebirth of the franchise in many respects. But there are a lot of people that look at Black Flag or they look at Origins and Odyssey and they're like, this doesn't even feel like Assassin's Creed anymore. But to the same token, if I was just playing Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or Revelations. You know, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood 4 or 5, and it was just sort of still in that same the same story, the same trajectory, the same kind of world and feel, combat, all those structures and stuff. I, I don't I don't think that it, we would be talking about it anymore. I would have been like, nah, it ran its course. Game franchises have to iterate, they have to evolve, they have to move beyond what what they were at one time. Next question uh, from Ink Sanity. With the change to Assassin's Creed, uh, is this going to give more life to each separate title to keep playing longer, or will they be able to tie things in you have earned into the new titles? This is like a phase 10 question, and they're not there yet, but this is a good question. What do you do when you go from one game to the next? Right? Man, I put. Imagine somebody getting to the end of 2022 and they've put so much time, two and a half or so years into Valhalla. And they're like, oh, this is so great. All this stuff, all my achievements, all my accomplishments, my armor, my challenges, all my checkboxes. How do you respect that person's work when the next game kind of comes out? And you're leaving all of this behind. There, I, I do. I think there's a point where you're like, I, uh, we, we've got to sort of put this era to bed and have a new era, have a new game, have a new sandbox, have a new world, new story, new whatever. And when you do that, what do you do with the people who so faithfully played Valhalla? I, I, I couldn't give you the answer. I couldn't. I could not give you the answer. But 
there's got to be some measure of a baton pass an investment and a sense of investment honoring while also saying here's this entirely new story world and thing for you to go do see this is one of the reasons live service is going to become more popular because you get into season like 11 and you're like man I still have my character my stuff all the work that I've done and if you look at Halo Infinite's format they're mimicking their format from the Master Chief collection if it's season 9 and you're jumping back in and you really thought you, oh man season 7 looks so good load up that season load up that battle pass make your progress on season 7 no FOMO no FOMO so you you could do something similar here oh hey we're in season 11 of Assassin's Creed Valhalla or however long this game goes and you're like oh shoot I missed out on Wrath of the Druids there's some great stuff back there they have to figure out that internal elasticity can you go back and get all that stuff is it even worth getting now is it going to be strong enough is it going to be relevant no what do they don't use uh, word Assassin's Creed on generations like how World of Warcraft is this completely different game from previous Warcraft games but in the same universe yeah I mean I don't know what you would call it then the brand you, you want the recognizability you want the the you want the brand awareness right the brand awareness of uh, of it you know what I mean I, I would I would think you'd 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 need that. You you wouldn't want to just completely abandon the brand. Um, streamer bans. We are proud to announce a new project. Don't buy games. If you are into gaming, uh, be sure to check it out. At Don't Buy Games, your guide to game subscriptions. Spend less, play more, all in one place. Well, I'll follow your project just to see what on earth it's all about. Um. <clears throat> That's interesting. Uh. Huh. It looked like they hinted at it yesterday on the 15th. Um, it'd be interesting to have something purely dedicated to that, like giving people advice on how to get their best value out of everything, you know? as far as the subscription services versus paid model, you know? They evolved, but not into Assassin's Fantasy the way they turned into a more generation evolution. It's also the same reason we probably won't see Splinter Cell for a very long time. Yeah, I could see that. I could see them being like, yeah, yeah, Splinter Cell is just going to take a lifetime to, to land, you know? because it's it they want to get it right maybe this is what they want to do everything they learn in Valhalla will potentially influence all future property all future property could be influenced by everything they learn in Valhalla because this is this could be this could be the future this could be what they what they want to do with all their properties you know the free the free thing right the free the free thing that they announced when when UB said they were going to start to use their properties to launch like free to play games this could be their road to figuring out how they want to do that how much money can you make from a live service seasonal format 
in in games like this, right? And then you just launch them and you make them free. You know, four or five years from now, there's some game, Assassin's Creed Generations and lands. You know. Stealth isn't a popular genre and the last Splinter Cell sold like, but it's hard to make or conceptualize an open world stealth game with microtransactions. Right. Right. You'd need to be a little bit more of a killer in that game. Um, You would need to be a little bit more of a killer, I would think. Not just like a stealthy assassin, but just like a killer going going through and and it would be less stealth you'd have stealth as an option but you could also go like full-on commando you'd you'd have to you'd have to create an idea of splinter cell that if you want to go so dishonored i've always said i don't think dishonored did a very good job here right i don't think they ever did a very good job with 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 dishonored the stealth options never really worked all that well they just didn't. I always felt like I was getting into sloppy fights anyway, right? But I would say, I would say, one of the things they could do is is something like that. If you want to go full stealth in Splinter Cell, you can. You want to go full commando? Maybe a full. Maybe there's a tech specialist tree as well. There's commando, tech specialist, and stealth. And those three trees are kind of what you feel like you want to invest in. You know. I missed the Star Wars news. Was it new? Essentially, it was the announcement that Ubisoft will be making an open-world Star Wars game, and the reason they secured those rights was when Disney saw their progress on the Avatar game, they immediately said, give them Star Wars. Like, that's what basically how it went down. Which brought up a couple of things. I'm I, I'm worried about the, uh, the Avatar game because it's going to be first person. Uh, I'm worried about that in general. Um, you know, if I, if they, if they can't land it properly, then it's going to feel weird. Like action adventure games. I just feel like belong in third person. First person games are great for first person shooter, but the minute I'm not in a first person shooter, why am I like, imagine playing horizon zero dawn first person. Like what the frick? What? Imagine playing God of war first person. It would be weird. I need to see my character, the melee, the bow and arrow, the combat, the traversal, the riding of mounts. You know? To me, it just makes more sense in third person. Uh, Human type person with the next question. Would you expect an open world uh, Star Wars game? Would it be stuck on one planet? What would you play as? How could the relation between the Avatar game change any expectations? Well, I would imagine if they make an open-world Star Wars game, we're talking about um, we're talking about Ubisoft here. And think about everything we just talked about. If Valhalla, if Valhalla is the testing ground, your Star Wars open-world game could essentially be you start here, right? Let's just imagine we start on something familiar. We start on Tatooine. That's where we start. And the entire first four months that the game is out, you've got levels, you've got pathways you can take. Jedi, light, dark, 
specialization into maybe blaster combat for the for the times where maybe you you can't use the lightsaber whatever whatever the case may be and then you work on your speeder and then you're working on your ship or something and then the next season comes out and it features a new planet new missions enemies new levels new new pathways for you to level up they turn it into an ever-expanding live-service Star Wars open-world game. And the reason they're able to do that is they spend all of 2022 learning from how they expanded Valhalla and they apply those principles to their other games. Whether it's the Star Wars open-world game or Avatar. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm telling you. Live-service is going to become a as common as a rogue <laughs> you know how rogues are really common right now live service games are going to be in the same camp in a couple of years I think in three or four years I think a lot of your bigger titles are going to approach things differently because if they want that ongoing revenue stream if they want that ongoing player interaction that's how you get it you know that's how you get it Akuta Papa with the next question Maybe a bit out of your area, but would you expense, uh, expect advanced control options for Starfield? Um, I want to see the ability to use two joysticks for six degrees of freedom. Th- yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say here. I don't think that they would do this, no. I don't, I don't think so. I, th- th- as, as great as I want Starfield to be and I want to be experimental and groundbreaking I, 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 wouldn't th- I wouldn't see them I can't see them doing this this is so out of left field and the average person would be like no thank you you know not a huge fan of live service but I understand you have to compete where the money is yeah, the industry is shifting man the industry is shifting and companies are going to shift with it you know companies are going to shift with it um, uh, next question Wiggly's name doesn't quite fit in the crop there um, you know what we might be able to adjust for names like that we probably can adjust the crop to allow for names to be a little tall um, and then we just give it a little t- tippity tap down just a teeny just a teeny bit Wiggly says why not just quit making that game and create a new IP? I feel sometimes too many follow-ups lead to things like this. Okay, so this is the AC Valhalla topic. There's a handful of reasons why. Number one, brand recognizability. Publishers are risk-averse. Companies want to make money. Like, that's it. New IPs are super risky. This is why new IPs are treated more favorably in video game awards and award recognition. Why? Well, because they're not building on something existing. It's a lot harder. It's a lot more uh, it's a lot riskier. It's a lot more challenging. This is why Ghost of Tsushima deserves Game of the Year over Last of Us 2. Right? It should have been treated a lot more favorably given it was a brand new IP. Right? That debate will never go away, by the way. I'll always think that. This is one of the reasons, though. A brand new IP. That is risky, man. Risky. People are like, I don't know what this game is. I don't know. Is it any good? I've never played before. Assassin's Creed? Sign me up. Like, did you see the Battlefield pre-orders? B- Battlefield barely shows anything. 
Battlefield barely shows anything. And their pre-orders are like number fourth Steam purchase or something stupid. Why? Established franchise, baby. Established brand recognizable. Established fan base, loyalist fanboys. Boom. They're in. They're in. So that's why they do it. That's why they do it. It's because it, it's because it, it's it's a guaranteed funnel of, of uh, uh, it's a guaranteed market funnel. Like people are going to consider buying it. People are going to consider signing up and pre-ordering. They want to dive in. They want to be there day one. They want to be an early adopter. New IP? I don't know. I don't know about that. You know? Look at how bad Destiny 2 was at launch. And everybody lined up to get it and play it and pre-order it. Why? Established fan base. Game was a game was a turd at launch. Destiny 2 at launch. Any other company made that bad of a sequel? DOA. Six months later, no player base. Done. Stick a fork in it. Established franchise? Got a little bit more endurance. Sunk cost fallacy, right? Everybody's like, I got time with this game, dude. Come on. Fix it. I got time with this game. You know? It, it it gives people it gives people that sense of like I have to be there I have to play I, I can't stop you know established franchises are a more sure revenue funnel uh, this is about the Star Wars game and what I said about Avatar Dracus Pander saying Skyrim allows first and third person would that work for Star Wars I mean I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now. It works in Skyrim and it works in Elder Scrolls Online. Why? Because the player movement and the player animations are they're dece. They are uh, they're dece. Do you think the stances and the fighting and the beauty of Ghost of Tsushima would that have worked if they allowed you to go first person and third person, whichever your poison was? Probably not. Probably not. I would rather them say third person action adventure and the animations and the combat and the movement it is pristine dude like the animations and the combat and the movement and all that in Elder Scrolls Online and, and, and Skyrim come on it's dece it is it's it's ish <laughs> it's ish you know what I mean there's a first person souls mod out there it's weird yeah Taking back to modern combat, and they don't appear to be pushing... Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about something else. Um, uh, um, so... That, that, that's my thought on it. I, I think you just gotta own third person. One of the reasons that Ghost of Tsushima and God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider-Man look and play so beautifully is they were like, this is what we're doing. Don't be a jack of all trades, you'll be a master of none. If you're a master of third person combat and you make it stellar and incredible, that's way more important. That's way more important than trying to be a jack of all trades. Like, well, we got to appeal to the people that like first person. You're going to dilute, more than likely, you're going to dilute how good the combat could have been. You're going to dilute it. So, Infinite, if you're new and you're just tuning in, thanks so much for being here. We're doing live Q&A with paying members. 
We are about three and a half hours into a live stream. We talked about AC Valhalla big changes, Ubisoft Star Wars game, Cyberpunk returning to the Sony store, and Starfield not being on the Sony platform. According to Todd Howard, it's going to help the game. If you're brand new, hit subscribe if you want to talk in chat. Become a member if you want to submit a question. And be sure you're here throughout the week for the talk show in the morning and gameplay in the afternoon. Infinite says... With the amount of things that you can do in Bethesda games, I doubt they'd ever be bugless. Uh, can Bethesda ever survive today's expectations of polish? So, this is obviously in relation to the Starfield topic. And, you know, Todd uh, Todd Howard indicating that, uh, you know, he feels focusing on one platform is going to be significantly helpful. And the article I thought was good to point out that a lot of the Sony first-party titles are really, really good. And one of the reasons that they're really, really good is they're developing for one platform, one operating system, one API, okay? And the Xbox and the PC platform are very similar now with the versions of DirectX and interacting with those APIs can streamline development because you're not having to develop for two platforms. That was essentially the logic of the article. Nothing that Todd Howard said was inflammatory about the 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 platform of of the PlayStation. The PlayStation 5 is incredible, by the way. We're going to be playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay in a little while on the PS5, and it, like, holds it o- It holds its own versus PC. It holds its own, okay? So, I, he's not saying, like, PS5 was going to hold us back. He's saying when we focus on one platform, that's significantly helpful. Is, in light of what you're saying, the Bethesda bug meme, does that go away with Starfield? I really friggin' hope so. <laughs> We've been waiting for a long time. It's it's next-gen only, Xbox PC only. It's launching November of 20, you know, 11th of 2022. Dude, by the time we get there, if you have some Bethesda bug meme machine, come on. That's, that's going to be very disappointing. Very disappointing. Next question from Victor Mayhem. With Disney seeming to pivot some of the shows away from the Jedi-centric storylines and focusing on other characters in the universe, how do you see them playing that out in the video game realm? Yeah, this is good. You gotta think. You gotta think. If they do a big Star Wars open world game and I can't become a Jedi with a lightsaber, you're not gonna sell as many copies. I mean, I'll say it. If I'm basically becoming Han Solo and I either become like a bounty hunter or, you know, a righteous, you know, right, righteous, you know, um, uh, galactic sheriff, right? Smuggler, bounty hunter, or sheriff. I, I just don't think you're going to sell nearly as many copies. Can I get a lightsaber? No. Force powers? No. Okay, I'm not buying it then. You would sell significantly less copies if there's no way for you to wield a lightsaber and wield the force. I just don't think so. That's star- that's that's central to the identity of Star Wars, you know. A Mando game would probably sell like hotcakes. I mean, I- I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, but at the same time, you're still gonna sell less copies if people ask that question. Lightsaber? No. Force powers? No. I'm good. I'm good. Now. You show a dude in Mandalorian armor flying around with a jetpack and shooting all of his abilities off, 
you know, and getting in really, really fun fights, and it's got this cool action adventure thing, and he's got that, um, he's got that staff from the show for melee combat. Okay. You might, you might, you might convince a lot of those naysayers to be like, well, I don't need a lightsaber. You know, I'm going to be a Mandalorian. I would say your better, your better choice would be you choose between a Mandalorian whose melee combat is driven by um, the staff, right? And then you have a Jedi whose melee combat is driven by a lightsaber, and then both have ranged combat, ranged abilities. I would think you'd need a third. I would think you'd need a third class to choose from. Um, you know, maybe smuggler. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Something like that, where you're, you're kind of like a Han Solo. So you're choosing between sort of the, the gunslinger, the gunslinger, the Jedi, and the Mandalorian. Like you'd need to do that. And then they'd all need their skill trees, and they'd all need their ability to level and everything else. Yeah, assassin droid. Maybe you want to be an IG unit, right? Stormtrooper, yeah. Uh, and then and then choosing those is choosing a path, choosing an RPG path, a skill tree path, all of that. That all becomes sort of the central choice trajectory pathways that people can choose as opposed to being like, no, nah, you're a Mando. No, you're just this, you're just that, you know. The Old Republic MMO did this very well, to be honest. Well, yeah, you could mimic and borrow a lot from that. Obviously, if there's existing Star Wars properties out there that created long-tail RPG experiences in a Star Wars universe, then there you go. Imagine Mandalorian gameplay using Baby Yoda to push some dudes, mess with their minds. (gasps) Like Kratos and his kid! That's exactly where my brain went. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. Now you're cooking with gas. That would be so freaking fun. Everybody would want to help Baby Yoda level up and get his little cart and his little outfit, make it look different, you know? Holy frick. Oh, and then, and then, and then, long-term, how they're handing off the series to Loki. There could be, like, a long-term handoff to Baby Yoda. Like, one day he's a little bit bigger and he's a Jedi with a lightsaber. You know? It's like a 10-year franchise. It follows the freaking show. Give me that right now. How dare you create that wish and that desire? How dare you, Raphael? (laughs) How dare you, sir? How dare you? Now I want that game. (laughs) Now I want that game, man. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate that it'll probably never exist. If you guys are enjoying today's stream, do me a favor. Click the subscribe button. Click the bell button so you don't miss these talk shows throughout the week. If you want to become a member to join in Q&A, do me a favor. Click the join button or use the join command. Smash that like button, man. Roll us over. Roll us over to the next like milestone of 500. Today was today started so strong, but we didn't. I don't think we. I don't think we harped on likes enough. We should have been a little bit better about that. Should have been a little bit better about that. Next question from Ashen. Does Cyberpunk really have the pull anymore to have a comeback, even if it gets restored on the PlayStation Store? I like the game, but I don't feel it has the magic to pull me back personally. Well, they would need to. 
they would they would basically need to reinvent the game and have a no man's sky moment you you got to have that moment where there is just this huge huge turning point whether you know what and, and free you it had to be free it would need a name of some port of, of some kind you know what i mean cyberpunk you know what i mean i new wave or new city or I, I don't even know i don't even know what you'd call it um because what you would need to do is you would need to do it, it would need to operate at three levels the people that have been playing would really want to do it and jump in so let me give you an example of what i always said they should do with anthem i always said they should call it anthem genesis and you would go to the the anthem of creation and literally reset the world reset your character and it would be like basically like a reset to the game so you could enjoy all the love passion and all of the oomph that they had put back into the game right and i always said it should be up to the player if you don't want to do that if you if you just kind of want to continue playing the game or whatever and you never want to go push that button you don't have to push that button maybe you would just start a fresh character or something i don't know just a fresh save whatever you want as the player you got to do that first Cyberpunk has to give people the opportunity to say, I don't want to do that. I either want to start fresh in the new experience that you're trying to build, or I want to push the reset button. I want to I want to do whatever this is. I want to walk through this door that's going to basically be the game reset, right? So at one level, you got to do that. At another level, you got to win people back that were like, this game is trash, and they walked away. Just utter garbage give me a refund this is this is this is refuse so you got to get the people that have been playing make sure they're respected get the people back that left and then at the third level you got to get guys like me saw the reviews saw the gameplay i was like that's a hot mess i'm not touching that game what the frick is going on over there how do you get me to come play now it's easier i think i think it's easier at some level to get me and the person that played and hated it it's easier to get us to come back why brand new fresh coat of paint nice new name make it free we come in and think this is a brand new game i think the most difficult thing to do is to reinvent and soft relaunch the game and not completely run rip shot over the people who have been playing and enjoying it that I think is the greater challenge if you essentially do a soft relaunch of cyberpunk and you get me and the people that hated the game to come back there I think there's an element of that that's, that might actually be easier I'm, I've been re-watching loss with my wife and someone burns the raft that they're building and then a couple episodes later they've made significant progress and Jack's like wow I was going to ask how you're doing but wow this thing is coming along and Michael says, we learned a lot of lessons on the first boat, trial and error, so this one's coming along together a lot faster. So, their soft relaunch of the game could really, oh yeah, we learned a lot of hard lessons. Holy moly, what a fire that first version was. Version 2.0 can be significantly better and, and revamped and, and cut out a lot of the crap that really, really hurt us. Right? 
that 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 is that is certainly in in the cards it's certainly in the cards i don't know when and how they do it first things first they've got to get the next gen version launched they have to get the next gen version launched there is not a ps5 or an xbox series x version of the game right now i was talking about i was talking to creature like oh we should dive into the game on monday and check it out once it's back in the sony store I was like, I wonder what platform I'm going to get it on. Oh my gosh, why would I get it on PS5? It doesn't even run at next gen. The frick is this? So let me get this straight. It runs bad on old gen, and I'm basically playing backwards compatibility version if I play it on next gen. The frick? What? You got to do that before you even consider anything I just talked about. You want to do a soft relaunch of the game? You want to have your No Man's Sky moment? You do? Well... You got a handful of things you got to do first. You got back in the Sony store. Congratulations, well done. Now it's time to get the next gen version out. Have they even added new content since launch? They did the one thing and that was it. Played on PS4 for the memes. Uh, my PS4 Pro is in the other room. I'd have to get it all booted up and 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 ready and pay for it. No thank you. No thank you. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm, I'm at the point I'm at the point where it's like they can have their moment but I'm telling you they got a lot of things they got to do beforehand again first and foremost man first and foremost you gotta get back in PlayStation Store okay check that box gotta get your next gen version launched check that box next order of business I think you got to do like a soft relaunch. You got to have your No Man's Sky moment. Now is the time to dive in to Cyberpunk as a brand new player. Now is the time to dive into Cyberpunk for the first time ever or to come back, you know? That's that's my belief. That's my belief. Allow third person? I mean, I don't I don't I don't think that's that's in the cards. Um, if a game is built from the ground up to be if a game is built from the ground up to be um, uh, first person, you can't just suddenly go back and do third. Um, Fake tweets. That's hilarious. Uh. E3 never actually ends. Senua's Hellblade 2 confirmed for Xbox second game showcase. I'm so excited about tomorrow. Guys, make sure you're here tomorrow. We will be discussing Halo again. The Halo multiplayer. Um, And then, and then we will be watching the extended Microsoft experiencing that they're going to be doing tomorrow. And then we're playing AC Valhalla Give me one second. My wife's not here, so I got to go grab my lunch. Don't go anywhere. You might see some ads. I'll be right back.
All right. Choo 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 My wife is the best. Oh, those grapes are tart. Woo! Those are tart grapes, dude. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, dude. Some of these newer games like Ratchet and Clank and Returnal, they will kill your PlayStation battery real fast. Mm. There's almost two. They're almost, they're almost too tart. know I already know I know what creatures up yeah I knew it I knew what your DM was <laughs> I was like I know what it is I know what he's gonna be saying up gotta upload I'm expanding from frequently asking Dark Rose to Dark Rose Switch Pro. I I don't know if um if Creature has heard back about the Dark Roast. I am uh <laughs> I'm slightly irritated. I'm slightly irritated at the, at the process with with the coffee thing because it's like waiting waiting two weeks for labels. I just I continue to feel that that is just that is just ridiculous. It feels like such an unnecessary bottleneck, you know? Come on. It's like, it's supposed to be a three-week turnaround time on coffee, and two of those weeks, (laughs) two of those weeks, dude, two of those weeks are labels. Like, that just seems ridiculous. You're brewing, you're roasting, bagging, and labeling coffee. And the turnaround time is three weeks, and you're spending two thirds of that time waiting on the labels. You got to find a better print shop. The dark roast will land in July. So a three-week turnaround time on an order that we started at the beginning of June will take longer than four weeks to get to us. Wow.
So much for that three-week turnaround time. It'll be two weeks for the next 500. But we order the labels at like... I think 1,200 at a time or something. We'll talk about it. I had it out with them again yesterday after our call about not communicating what the process was clearly. Yeah, what happened to you're an existing customer, this won't happen again. (laughs) You're an existing customer, the process is smoother on the next order. Uh Uh-huh. Sure seems like it. I should be able to hit a button and know that in three weeks I got a pallet in my driveway. Like, you want to make money or not? What do you want to do here? Because I want to make money. Doesn't seem like you want to. Seems like you want to fart around. (laughs) Don't have a lot of uh, patience for this kind of nonsense, you know? They're having that system developed. Oh, well. Their scaling and growth is our is our uh, is our frustration then, I guess. Post something in news. GTA servers for PS3 and 360 are shutting down. Maze how long that game's been going. That is, that's a long time. I've had two bags of light roast coming in the mail. I swear, if the dark roast is delayed so long I run out, then I'll just order more light roast. (laughs) I'll take that. No, we're not going to be able to offer whole bean versus pre-ground because that's just going to cost me more money. I mean, I'm just being real with you. I'm not. I'm not spending more just so you can have pre, like, unground coffee. You know what I'm saying? So, what would end up happening is I'd have to order a smaller batch of whole bean. That means I pay more per bag. So I either pass that on to you, which, come on. I mean, most companies don't do that. They're just gonna. Tr- which do you want? Because they're the. It's usually from them to you, from them to you. So they just. They just pull from their 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 mass quantities. Well, we're, we don't have that luxury. I'm ordering 500 pounds of coffee and then selling it to you. It comes on a it comes on a uh, comes on a pallet in boxes and it's all like this, right? So I'd have to order 500 bags like this because pre ground coffee is going to sell way faster than whole bean because it's easier for consumers to buy it. It would take us forever to move an entire order of whole bean. Yeah, it would just take super, super long, so we'd have to do a smaller order. Well, when I do a smaller order, I pay more per bag. So I'm paying more per bag, moving through the inventory slower, I'm making less profit. It just isn't worth it. I'm giving you a glimpse into, like, the struggles of starting something like this. You know what I mean? 
So I can appreciate you wanting it. I like whole bean. I have one upstairs that I, that when they send me samples, they send me whole bean, and I can I, I grind it upstairs, and it smells amazing, and it's great. We just can't. It just wouldn't make any sense. makes sense and think about it costing more yeah it's just the reality is we we buy it in bulk and then sell through it The more I think of an Assassin's Creed live service game, the more I think about how it could be done and possibly work. I'm telling you, they're doing it. Eugene says, as much as I'd like some whole bean, it ain't that big of a deal when the bags are this fresh in quality. I appreciate you saying that. My wife also is really quick on the turnaround time. You order and get them really fast. What do I come and pick it up personally? I mean, I'll tell you this right now. A year from now, I might be saying something different. A year from now, who knows? The size of this channel and our platform and the scaling of it, we could be to a place where we're like, yeah, we need another order of whole bean. We need another order of pre-ground. You know, if the audience size, platform size, and the demand goes way up, then sure. But right now, it's not in the cards. Outrageous Rose is a light roast, but I'm telling you what, I think it's more of a medium roast, to be honest with you. I think it tastes more like a medium roast. gameplay very shortly I'm gonna finish eating and we're gonna switch streams to gameplay no I didn't see that butters yeah, I mean, Gilly, if we did that, that's essentially what we did in February. We'd be taking pre-orders, right? So we'd have to take pre-orders on 100 bags of whole bean. We'd have to charge you a little bit more. And then your turnaround time on it would be ludicrous. You'd pre-order and you'd wait about a month. Eat 
even if they nail their three-week window, it's still going to be a month. I, I don't know if that's... I, I just don't know if that's a... Is that a... Is that feasible? You know? And, and... And, you got a question. That means when those 100 bags show up, my wife and I have to slam through 100 orders, essentially. As opposed to what we do now, which is every other day she prints off five to seven labels. Going through a bulk order, excuse me, a pre-orders like that is not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. not gonna lie i'm not waiting on coffee it's good for sure but not pre-buy wait a month good well that and again like then we have to slam through so many orders at once when they show up and right now it's perfect just a thought it's a good thought gilly if the turnaround time wasn't so obscene if i could press a button and order 100 bags of whole bean and have it to you in two weeks then i think your idea has legs the window of time is just too great. And like Eugene's saying, how often are people going to want to do that? Because like you're saying, people would have to commit, we'd have to hit a certain number before we do it, which means you could commit the first week of the month, we don't hit the number until the end of the month. Well, you just waited a month before we even hit the goal. Does that make sense? So does today double as a viewer request? Yes, I'm satisfying your viewer request today, Sven. I think that's fair. (laughs) I think that's fair. If you guys are just tuning in, you missed the live Q&A as well as the talk show, but we are going to be rolling over um, into another stream and playing and playing uh, AC Valhalla gameplay. All right. It should, excuse me, it should uh, take you there. It should do what is called a live redirect. And I think I figured out how to make it happen a little bit more smoothly. Um, There's something I can do on my end that seems to help out. But in the event that it doesn't go smoothly, it'll be the featured video on the channel. 
it'll be the featured video on the channel and I'll also put a link in the chat okay so there's a link in the chat that is where we are going so in the event that live redirect doesn't work you can use that link in chat uh, or just refresh the main page uh, and it'll be the featured video okay we're switching to gameplay and I've never played this game before excuse me So, I'll see you guys over there.